106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hello, I'm a citizen. And I'm the government. We've put a special tax on tobacco products to discourage smoking. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's expensive to take care of smokers, so you're disincentivizing us from smoking? Right. Also, we put a special tax on drinking alcohol, because that's a problem. Alright. Also, we're taxing your income. Is that a paper towel? Oh, I'm oh, I can't sing with no man. Oh, oh, I can't be We're saying this right here. Come on. COVID. We're tired of you. We're so tired of you. We're tired of you. We had to start this song off the road, y'all. We're tired of you. Because we're just that tired. We're tired of you. Oh, you have no place. We're tired of you. You have no place. Hamilton and I love California and I love our agriculture community and driving these country roads that paved the way to opportunity. I'm a proud mother and veteran who comes from a family of patriots who have dedicated their lives to public service. I'm running for Congress to make sure our communities still have access to the American dream. While politicians continue to play games with our water supply, our farmers continue to face growing challenges here in our district. Our representatives should put the needs of our residents first. Families, small business owners, and every resident should have the basic assurance that they're being heard, fairly represented, and treated with dignity. I'm Tamika Hamilton, and I want to continue my service to this nation as your representative in Congress. Paid for by Tamika Hamilton for Congress. Hey, Kamala Heels in the Harris. What do you think, you were a tough girl getting off of your fucking Tims yesterday, looking like a boss? That's the only thing you're good at, huh? You were so power hungry, that's how you worked your way to the top. Now all you are for is taking away our police, taking away the peace and justice. That's all you want, you want violence in the streets. Us women in the suburbs, even us women in the city, you think we're gonna vote for you November 3rd? Let me tell you something, Kamala, tie up your fucking Tims, put your big girl panties on and be prepared lose November 3rd because we the people are coming out strong for our president Trump 2020 mother fuck out of here the Harris administration please
right, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio podcast number 81, 81, and uh, this is for uh, October 17, 2020. We're quickly moving to the end of this year. We started this year, and I thought, I love 2020. I liked it. I liked the feel of the number. I don't know what it was, 2020, you know. And then all hell broke loose. So I'm anxious to move on, right? So thank you for listening, however you got here. And uh, we'll be here for a little over two hours. And there'll be, uh, if you're new to this, we'll do six segments with some clips in between that I've collected over the last week. And uh, I, w- I was not sure we were going to be able to do this show because I've got a little window that Tanner Martis out of Texas uh, works with me and does the technical end of this. And he has a little window to, to slide me in and uh, do, the, do the work to make it sound right, be right on the Internet. So <clears throat> last night I was, uh, or earlier, uh, this is like, I think it's a three in the morning, my time, but, uh, earlier eight hours ago, I was working on this on Friday. It had been my, uh, Thursday night and I was thinking about making some dinner and I was working on this and everything. I was, actually, I was ahead of time and all of a sudden the power went out in the city of Marysville, Northern California. And we're getting used to that because the government of California has squeezed PG&E what uh, 30 year, 40 years ago was one of the premier utility companies in the United States of America and it it handled most of the power needs in uh the northern part of the state of California and everybody loved PG&E. And uh then uh the uh environmentalists got a hold of the state and began saying you can't uh, use fossil fuel and you can't use hydropower like we used to and we want you to use bird blenders and solar and uh, and you have to pay a premium for those rates or for those uh, products uh, guaranteed payments a certain amount anyway they the government more and more told PG&E how they had to run their PG&E uh, how they run had to run their utility and so slowly, uh, they went bankrupt. They went bankrupt once, and they, now they're going. They're ba- in bankrupt, bankruptcy again. And now uh, we can't guarantee. Like we in 2003, we recalled the governor over power problems. That was one of the issues. Now we have power problems again. And Gavin Newsom, who's thrilled really about PG&E going broke, he wants to have a uh, state utility, and uh, we don't. He can't run his own life, let alone run a utility. So now we have these blackouts. Well, I thought last or eight hours ago we had a new one of these rolling blackouts. So I called some of my friends in other jurisdictions, and they said, no, we got power over here, dude. And so I thought, man, how they just turn power out of my city? But what happened was we have big homeless camps here that the city of Marysville, the city council of Marysville has permitted they just allow them to through, you know, you, it, if you permit something, if you permit people to uh, squat on your land, you don't do anything about it. Pretty soon they become your neighbor on your property. And if you allow something to happen through your negligence or your passivity, uh, you get it. And so the city council run by Mayor uh, Ricky Scamayoa 
has for the last couple of years allowed a development of homeless people to just, and they're running electricity. They're, they're doing all kinds of stuff out there uh, along the river. It's interesting because they're liberals. Ricky Scamio is a liberal. And, you know, they, they tout, uh, oh, you can't use the river because we want the river to be pure and we don't want any people around it and all that kind of stuff. And we don't want any fossil fuels and we don't want straws and we don't want plastic bags. But then they allow the homeless to shit in the, in the, uh, in the rivers and throw their garbage in the rivers. And they don't do anything about it. They allow them to set up a community and uh, dump their hazardous waste that all of us have a little bit of uh, out on the ground and their oil out on the ground and in the river and uh, don't do anything about it. Well, last night they caught fire of the homeless camps and it burned a number of them up just across, just out, just at the edge of the city limits. And it burned up the connection with PG&E to our, to our uh, city. And I thought, well, it was early. I, I normally don't go to bed hardly till early morning of the next day on a routine. So I didn't have anything to do. I couldn't see to read. I couldn't see to do anything. So I didn't want to go out and go to the next city and do something. So I just went to bed. I thought, well, I'll just wait till all the equipment fires up when the power comes back on and I will, uh, I will go back to work. So I thought I kept waking up in the middle and I kept getting called because we sent trauma intervention people out to this fire and they were calling me and uh every once in a while and so i uh i thought man i'm gonna i mean it shut down walmart it shut down businesses big businesses i thought you know all these big businesses all their frozen and uh cooled products are gonna spoil uh with this seven eight hours and no power right I thought these homeless folks have screwed, you know, now they're causing, I was thinking how many, did it cost millions of dollars worth of damage last night or earlier this morning? And I think it did, you know, it caught, it shut down, you shut down a Walmart, uh, they're going to have to toss out a lot of their, their products that were chilled, you know, the dairy, the, the vegetables, the frozen product. It's unbelievable. The waste all caused because of the neglect of the city council of Marysville of not addressing the homeless issue and stopping them from uh, living dangerously because they affected the whole city. They shut down the whole city. It shut down our only hospital. I mean, it didn't shut it down, but they had to switch over to auxiliary power. They're 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 you know, in times of crisis, they have a, a massive uh, generator and we have the sheriff's department in the jail here with hundreds of employees, uh, hundreds of uh, inmates. We have, uh, the police department here. We have Caltrans five-story building here. It shut down everything. Un- unbelievable. Just because you allow, it wasn't like, oh, somebody ran into a power pole, an accident, or it was a blow-up. It wasn't a negligence on the part of PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, if you're in another part of the country. It was simply homeless people out there, uh, out of their minds, shooting dope, doing crazy stuff, and endangering uh 30,000, 30, 40,000 people because it affected not only Marysville, but in the, the uh, rural areas as well. So anyway, I'm thankful to be on the air, if you want to call it the air, uh, or getting this done. So hopefully Tanner can, can tune it up and get it up on Saturday morning, the 17th, uh, like he normally does a great job. 
but I just texted him and said, dude, we, we got fires out here. And they, it's just California, right? It's just crazy. It just, you know, you try to run a business and uh, then they come along and say, you're non-essential. So you got to, you can't, you can't have your business. You think it's essential. It's essential to you. But they just pick and choose all these businesses that they say, oh, well, you're not, not essential. And then I was just thinking the restaurants just are beginning to open it back up around here <clears throat> for indoor seating. And then the power goes out. You just can't win here. It's either the government or the homeless people screwing things over. And uh, <clears throat> you might think, oh, Lou, you're, you're, you're hard on people that are just down and out. No, I'm not. We got all kinds. We got more services than ever in our community for drug addicts. And in fact, the church I'm involved in, uh, we, we house people. We put through people through drug, drug, uh, drug addict programs, uh, alcohol programs. Uh, we have celebrate recovery. We got, we got housing for transition. Come on, man. Don't be giving me that. We got more help in this country, uh, than anywhere in the world, I think. So anyway, there's a, and I, but I get it. You know, when I wanted to do drugs, I did drugs and I was a wild man. And so until like the, the saying goes, a person convinced against his will, I'll just use the term man, a gender, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So you can force a people that you can put them in jail, but unless they decide that they want to get clean, uh, they're not going to get clean. So it's a, it's a conundrum as someone once said. So, um, all right. So l let me give you a couple, if you're new to this, let me give you a couple ways to get a hold of me. Uh, you can reach me at, uh, by email. If you want to have comments or suggestions or you hate me, whatever, it's fine with me either way. Lou L O U at no hostages, radio.com Lou. Very simple. L O U at no hostages, radio.com. I do answer. I check that every single day. It's not my primary email, but I check it every day and I respond to you. No, no problem. Even if you're harsh and crazy. Um, so also you can dial me up at five, three, zero seven, one, three, one, eight, three, eight. You can text me or dial me on that number when I answer or when you, if you get an answering, uh, message, it's no, it's a trauma intervention program. Cause I use it for this, uh, nine one one system we run to help people No how. So, uh, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com or 530-713-1838. That's my phone. Uh, you can dial me up. I will answer it. If if you get, I don't screen calls, so I'll take them. Uh, or if I'm on, on the other line or in a meeting, of course, it'll go to voicemail. But I do call people back. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. So uh, I'm not afraid of controversy or people that don't, don't uh, see it my way. It's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm an old school American, right? Uh, so, uh, all right. I want to uh, start off by just saying, uh, reminding you <clears throat> that we are have a court case against the governor of the state of California, and it, it was brought by uh, two assemblymen, Kevin Kiley. And uh, the assemblyman for this area where I'm sitting in Yuba County, Yuba Sutter County, and a couple other counties, James Gallagher, they brought a suit against the government because he's violating the Constitution with his executive orders. And he's basically rendered the assembly and Senate in the state of California uh, irrelevant. 
and uh, they basically are laid off. They're not doing anything because he has declared this is an emergency. And so now he has dictator status and he's just calling the shots on everything. He's spent, you know, usually the assembly are the budget people or the Congress at the federal level are the budget people. They, they formulate the budget. They pay the bills. They okay a certain amount of money paid for this, paid for that. And uh, now uh, Gavin Newsom just, you know, when he went out and bought a billion dollars worth of masks, you know, these masks that are supposed to, they're like, uh, they're like uh, condoms with holes in them. They let everything through. And he, you know, they're all just, a, it's a fraud. It's a fake. And uh, you put them on and it's uh, compliance. It's all about compliance. Anything can go through those masks. It's like a, trying to keep a mosquito away from you. Uh, and you put a chain link fence around your house. Uh, that's how porous they are. But people actually, because they, they can't see that, they actually put them on and claim that they are protecting me. And, and I should protect them by wearing a mask. So he buy, goes out and buys a billion dollars worth of masks from China. Of China, of all the people who created the virus, brought it here. And we go and buy. Now, obviously, he's doing that to get favor from China, right? This guy is totally off his rocker. <clears throat> so there's a suit that the two assemblymen brought to stop that. And it's proceeding through the Sutter County court system. So the next court date is October 21, this coming week. And please, if you're in this area or nearby, please come. We're, we're going to drive a bean up the nose of the governor. Uh, we're going to demonstrate out front. We're not going to break anything. We're not going to catch anything on fire. <clears throat> we're going to pick up all our garbage. It'll be clean, clean uh, when we get there, and it'll be clean when we leave. So we're just going to simply make our presence known. We're going to go. Some people are going to go into the courtroom and witness it. And we're going to support our two assemblymen that are standing up for the law. You know, we're people of the law. We're not people <clears throat> that just make up rules like uh, uh, or or uh, split hairs over the rules. We follow the law in the United States of America. And it's not about personalities or charisma. It's about following the Constitution, and we have a governor. And in fact, most liberal governors uh, right now are not following the Constitution. And you, and we'll talk about maybe if we have time later. The Michigan Supreme Court just shut down the emergency laws of Governor Whitmer back there, and they got her undies in a bundle. So what we, what we want is we want as many people. We had we had maybe a hundred people out there, a hundred or so people the other day, October seventh. But to October twenty one, we want to push we want to put literally hundreds of people out there with signs. Make your signs up if you got an issue with the governor, whether it's vaccines or whether it's no schools open or whatever. Let's let or you want to bring an American flag, come out there with your war paint on. And we're going to get there at 8 a.m. in the morning. The trial starts at 9. So we'll stay there. Come If you can come for an hour, maybe taking the first hour off work. Uh, and you think, oh, my God, I can't take. You know something? If somebody doesn't do something, we're not going to get anything done. <clears throat> so if you can take an hour off work, tell them you'll work late that night. Uh, come and spend an hour with us or an hour and a half. What we want to do is we want to have a presence there when the attorneys show up from Sacramento uh, Newsom's attorneys. We want to. We want to have some intimidation factor there, and uh, we also want to show our our Gallagher and Kylie that we support them. Right? 
and we want them fired up when they go into the courtroom so they're thinking straight. And so that's 1175 Civic Center Boulevard, 1175 Civic Center. If you're over in Calusa County, Nevada County, Butte County, uh, even if you want to come up from Sacramento County, come on up. It's th- This decision affects everyone in the state of California, almost 40 million people. It aff- affects the whole state. It affects uh, the whole nation. So 1175 Civic Center Boulevard, it's a beautiful multi-story, I don't know, five-story, four-story uh, courthouse, brand-new courthouse. Come on out, and uh, and we'll get it on. Now, I want to um, read what Kevin Kiley, he's, he, gave, he's, he has a blog right now, Assemblyman Kevin Kiley. He said, the legislature has repeatedly called for the executive branch, that's the governor's branch, to collaborate on COVID-19 response. But time and again, the legislature has been put in the position of simply giving a yes or no answer to the governor's priorities. That's not something I said. That's what Senator Hawley Mitchell, Democrat from Los Angeles, just wrote to Governor Newsom. It follows comments by Assembly Budget Chair Phil Ting, Democrat, San Francisco, decrying the governor's complete authority to do whatever he wants, unquote, quote, unquote. Newsom's latest autocratic move also drew a scathing rebuke from the nonpartisan legislative analyst calling his unilateral appropriation of $200 million for homelessness a, quote, concerning precedent, unquote, when the state constitution entrusts the legislative branch which, with this power. Even the governor's allies are starting to see that he's attempting to normalize autocratic government an arrangement most thought we'd rejected for good in 1776. Now, listen, the, gover- the governor is crazy, right? He may look okay. He may think he's hot, but he's actually an idiot. And so the only way to rein in an idiot is to shoot him right in the forehead, right? But our, our, uh, <clears throat> the American way is to use the law and to trust the court system, even though they're all imperfect human beings, to follow the Constitution. Now, we just saw <clears throat> the confirmation hearing in Washington, D.C., about confirming <clears throat> a new judge, <clears throat> and the Republicans weren't using a litmus test, as they used to say. Uh, they were using, they just wanted a, a, uh, a, gu- a, a justice, Supreme Court justice, that would follow the Constitution, take it, set their opinion aside, and just say, okay, that law we compare it to the Constitution. Is it valid, right? The Democrats want to have, they just want to do what they want to do and use the justices to for, force that bean down, down your throat. So anyway, we just saw that happen. Now, in when th- there's a movement in the United States to discard the Constitution, and there's a, there's a renewed movement to uh, get back to the Constitution, but it's hard to get back to something you can't even spell or you don't even know what it says. So there, there's a number of people. There are a number of people around the country. Uh, Jake McCauley, Chris Ann Hall. There's numbers of people, the Hillsdale College people. They're all trying to get you back to understanding what your rights are in the Constitution. It's simple. It's simple to read. It's not hard to read. The Constitution. You can read it all in a morning with a cup of coffee. You can read through the basics. There, it comes. People give out free constitutions all the time. You can get free education on Hillsdale College website. You can go and get trained on the Constitution. People, listen. 
If you want your country to be there for your kids, it isn't about moving to another state. You better t- take the fight where you have it and and deal with it. And and uh, we need to throw down on this situation. So uh, we're at our first break here. We're going to listen to a few clips, and then we will be right back and continue on. Thanks for listening. appalled and disgusted as a community member in Chico. How dare you, Anne, waste our time and call for an emergency meeting dealing with homelessness. Yes, I am talking to you. You do not have to look away. I am talking to you. This is absolutely disgusting. I am a tax-paying homeowner, mother of five, living in Chico, and you have the audacity to call an emergency meeting focusing on housing homeless? What about me, the taxpayer? What about me? I paid the taxes. Where's the money's coming from? This made-up kung flu is ruining our society. Businesses are closing. Where is the money coming from? And then you have Miss Brown with a brand new deal that send all the homeless to go poop and leave needle litter. And this is not time for your re-election campaign on the city's dime. Now we have to focus on spending a million dollars to clean up the waste that was brought to this council by Alex Brown? And you all are accountable for passing it and allowing it. I get bruises at my house from dumb liberals stealing from me and our police officers' hands are tied, can't arrest them. And you want people like me to come to a city with children, we're losing businesses. IHOP is gone, Outback is gone, Pier 1 is gone. What do you want? Sears is gone. You think taxpayers want to come and live here when all you care about is drug addicts? And Alex, you need to look at me. My time is worth it. Your blatant disrespect and your lack of consideration for this community is why each and every one of you have been pimping and pandering to this community for so long will be voted out. And I will tell you that 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, for even when we were with you, we commanded you, this, if any is without work, shall not eat. But you want to take from me, a mother of five, to feed drug addict pedophiles who are raping women at the college instead of focusing on your community and your constituents. This is not time for your campaign. And I hope each and every one of you, Randall, I haven't forgot you. Ori, you're gone. But I remember each and every one of you. Count my time down, 10 seconds. And your time is up. My time on the clock is up. Elections November 3rd. They say you can learn a lot from the polls. Unless, of course, you think back to 2016 when all the polls said Hillary Clinton was going to win the election, and (laughs) that did not happen. Not even a little bit. 
But now, as they do every election year about this time, the media are pointing to polls that, of course, show Joe Biden leading President Trump by a wide margin just three weeks out from Election Day. But those aren't the only polls. They're just the only ones the media are showing you. Here are the ones they won't. Number one. Are you better off than you were four years ago? The majority of Americans say they're better off now than they were four years ago. A new poll out from Gallup shows a full 56% of Americans say their lives are better off now than they were four years ago when President Trump was first elected to office. Conversely, only 32% said things have gotten worse. Now, lest you think that maybe this poll was conducted prior to the COVID pandemic that's crippled the economy, think again. The survey was taken between September 14th and 28th, meaning that even in the middle of a pandemic, after the economy had been hobbled by lingering shutdowns and media-fueled panic, more than half the country still says things are better now than they were in 2016. By comparison, only 45% of Americans said they were better off in 2012 than they were in 2008 when Obama was first elected. Thank you for reminding me. Number two. 60% of Americans say they don't trust the news media to report the truth. The press honestly is out of control. The level of dishonesty is out of control. According to another new Gallup poll, 60% of adults say they don't have very much trust in the news media or that they have none at all. In fact, a full third chose none at all. That's the lowest it's been since 2016. Those who say they don't really trust the media include 64% of independents and even 27% of Democrats. Number three. Remember that debate the media used to call Trump a blustering bully? Spanish speakers think Trump won it. Trump ganó el debate con 66% contra el 34% que opina que lo ganó Joe Biden. That's according to a social media poll by Telemundo, which has no love for Trump. A whopping 66% of Spanish-speaking Americans responded that Trump won the debate, while only 34% gave the victory to Biden. Now, of course, the network prefaced their reporting on that poll by saying that it wasn't a scientific survey. Okay. Number four. Congressional Democrats might think Trump is stealing a SCOTUS seat, but the Constitution doesn't agree. How is it not constitutional what they're doing? And neither, apparently, do voters. According to a Morning Consult Politico poll, nearly half of voters said the Senate should confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, up nine points since President Trump announced her nomination on September 26th. Only 31% said the Senate should reject her. In fact, more people said the Senate should vote on Barrett's confirmation as soon as possible, regardless of the 2020 election winner, than those who said that the Senate should wait until after the election. And it's not just Republicans who think so. According to that poll, the number of Democrats who say the winner of the next election should get to pick Ginsburg's replacement dropped from 79% to just 59% after Coney Barrett was announced. In 2016, every single national poll put Hillary Clinton leading Donald Trump heading into the election. And on November 8th, Here's how that turned out. Well, America is crying tonight. You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Also, you're not dead. Everybody is crying and so upset, and it is the end of their world. How do we explain how this is possible? The woman who President Obama called the most qualified person ever to run for the White House. Deeper concerns tonight that the world's shining light of democracy has gone dark. The media have a long history of ignoring polls that don't skew in their left-leaning favor. They do everything within their power to stoke fear and paint grim or hopeless pictures where they think it will serve their purposes. 
They did it four years ago and the game hasn't changed. But ultimately, the only poll that matters is the one that's held on election day. Early one morning while making the rounds, I took a shot of cocaine and I shot my woman down. I went right home and I went to bed. I stuck at love and 44 beneath my head. Got up next morning and I grabbed that gun. Took a shot of cocaine and away I run. Made a good run, but I run too slow. They overtook me down in Juarez, Mexico. Laid in the hot joints, taking the pills. And walked the sheriff from Jericho Hill. He said, well, All right, so uh, that's that. Uh, ten, uh, October 21. That's this coming. I think it's this coming Wednesday. Um, so be there. Uh, and uh, also there's going to be signups there for recall Gavin Newsom. The recall Gavin people will be there in force. They tell me. So uh, listen, uh, people are asking me, Hey, do you think we're actually going to get this done? This recall? I said, not unless you do something. So they said, well, I signed I said, that's not good enough. You signing the recall petition is not good enough. You know, that you're thinking about 20 years ago where you just sign and you think, Oh, I did my duty or you voted. I think I did my duty. No, you know, I tell people, Hey, listen, it's not enough for you to vote. You need to talk to your neighbor about voting. You need to make sure your neighbor votes. Uh, I don't know if, if you have not figured out we're in crisis, uh, uh, I have to watch how I say this cause I have friends that think I've already lost my mind. If you don't, if you don't see that we're in a major crisis, I mean, maybe the biggest crisis we've ever had in this country since the revolution, uh, you've lost, you just don't get it, right? There's some people that make things happen. Some people wondering what's happening. And some people say they don't know what's happening at all. So uh, we need people to get some signatures. And so you need to get on the recall. You can, you can print off a petition. People say, Lou, how come you spend so much time on this every time? Because it's the most important thing right now in California. The recall is the most important thing. We need to remove people from office one by one. You can't just go down and, and take a broom and sweep. You got to, there's an electoral process. It's happening right now. You're getting a chance to vote on assemblymen, senators, both state and federal. And uh, you can go to recall Gavin, G A V I N 2020, 2020, the numerics, and recall Gavin 2020.com. You can. Print off a, a petition, sign it, send it in yourself, sign it at the bottom, get five signatures, send it in yourself. Listen, you think, oh, you know, my vote doesn't count. In this case, you can vote as many times as you want because you get your friends to sign on to that. You see what I'm saying? You could go out and get 25 signatures and you could multiply yourself time 25 times by getting other signatures. You can go out and get people registered to vote right now. So if you're serious about this, do something. You, listen, what, I've, what I understand in area, every area of my life, whether I want to adjust my weight, whether I want to get in shape, whether I want to study the Bible more, if I don't adjust my routine from what I did last month, nothing's going to change. you got to shake it up 
and if you're going to make a change. If you don't think this country is worth saving, uh, I'm, I feel sad for you. Uh, and maybe you need to look back at your relatives and see those that have given their lives. If you go far enough back, World War II, Vietnam, Korea. Uh, I got people that did those kind of things. And so I'm interested in, uh, I got an investment here that I'm going to lay down for. If it's just about me, I just move out of the country. I wouldn't move to another state. I just moved to another country where it's a lot cheaper to live and take, take what money I have and just kick back. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit here, we're going to throw down, and we're going to just like uh, see how we're going to end this thing. So listen, uh, if you are in another uh, county of California uh, away from me and you can't get to uh, one of our sign-up places, then you could go uh, on the Recall Gavin 2020 webs- or, uh, website, and then they list Facebook pages of all the different 58 counties, and you can look up on that Facebook page and find out where to go sign if you don't have a printer, you can't print off the thing. I'm giving you all the different options. You have no excuse to do something significant. I don't care whether you're uh, 18 and just started voting or you're 88. You can do something. You can, if you're, if you're homebound, you could get a petition from some, somebody in town and call all your friends that are mobile and can come over there and sign it. Do something. Do something radical. Do something phenomenal. All right, so that's that. Uh, that's uh, in October 21 is the gig. Now, I want to talk about ballot harvesting for a minute. During the 2018 election, various people down in Orange County in Southern California thought they'd won the election. It was, it was towards the end of the night, <clears throat> and they were leading by good margins. And all of a sudden, at the last minute, people brought in boxes and boxes of ballots, right? And they gave them to the clerk and they counted them and the election changed and people conservative people that were leading by several percentage points all of a sudden lost the election. People were shocked. Say what happened? I thought that's illegal. You can't do that. But actually it wasn't illegal. Governor Brown signed into office a thing called ballot harvesting. I don't know what that was the name of it, but what on your ballot, if you have a mail-in ballot, an absentee ballot, there's a spot there where you could have someone else bring your ballot <clears throat> to the uh, voting, uh, to the county clerk. You could hand deliver it to the county clerk or to the, uh, the uh, poll, the, the polling place where you walk in to vote. And so uh, you just sign there. I, 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 Joe Doak, the rag man, can't make it over there, but I'm allowing Lou Benninger to bring my ballot over. Okay, then I submit it. So. What happened is the Democrats thought that they what happened is Governor Brown, the Democrats who were in control, of our legislature here in California, expanded that ballot harvesting. It used to be you had to have a family member do it. Now you can have anybody, anybody you trusted. You could just have them sign in and bring it. So they so what happened is Democrats went door to door to door to door to door and said, hey, you want me to take your ballot in for you? And uh, that was before we lost confidence in the U.S. mail. Have you lost confidence in the Postal Service? I I have, right? Because you know what's scaring me is these postal workers who, for instance, I'll just give you one example. uh, They're lazy and and they find piles of mail in somebody's garage and some because he just thought, "I I don't have time to deliver this today. So I get it. I'll get it some other day. Right. And he never gets around to it, or he throws it in a dumpster. Well, now what they're finding is all these mail ballots 
and their their Trump votes getting tossed, right? So now uh, many conservative voters that are Trumpsters are saying, "I'm not going to ma- I'm not going to use the U.S. mail because there's corrupt people. People used to be people of honor, and whether it was a vote for a liberal or conservative, they would deliver that ballot, right? But not anymore. The 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 founding fathers said that no matter what kind of government we had, if we aren't people of virtue, the government will fail, particularly a republic where we're depending on people to be honorable and to have representatives, et cetera, et cetera. We need to be people of virtue, Christian virtue. And that has completely broken down because the church is no longer the conscience of the nation. It has fallen. The church is backslidden, basically. We would say in church, you're ba- the church is backslidden. Uh, the church as a corporate being in America, it should be the conscience of the nation. That's what the Bible says. So when the church points its finger at the non-Christians, they're wrong. They should point their finger at themselves. They let, they let the country down. So uh, what's happening here is the, uh, the Democrats took advantage of this expansion of the of the ballot law where you could take in your relatives or your friends ballot it expanded it towards any trusted person could do that so they went out and they started picking up ballots and making sure that because some people say oh yeah i filled it out but i can't get down there i just I, you know i'm not mobile i can't get i can't get it done and i do, and then the other thing people worried about is putting the right amount of stamps on the ballot because it's heavy, right? How many stamps do you put? So now people in, in my, in my uh, circle, they're nervous about using the Postal Service, the U.S. Postal Service, for ballots. And so they're carrying, they're hand-carrying. So what happened uh, recently, now, it, like I said, in the 2018 election, there was this insinuation that in Southern California, particularly in Orange County, they flipped the election at the last minute by ballot harvesting, making sure that people's ballots got in and they picked, or they convinced people, oh, you didn't vote? Oh, my God. There's still an hour left. Fill it out, fill it out. I'll carry, I'll, I'll take it in for you. And they could because of the new law. And so now uh, this year, uh, Republicans, conservatives are saying, hey, listen, we need to make sure those ballots get to the polls. So let's all collect them and we'll carry them in. Well, uh, the Democrats are freaking out. And so now uh, Xavier Becerra, who's the gang member that has become the attorney general, he's dishonest, he's corrupt. And so now he's filing an action against conservatives that are ballot harvesting. They call it ballot harvesting. And so uh, a gal named uh, Tim Thompson, who's a pastor in Southern California, Murrieta, He's been involved in the protest against Gavin Newsom up in Sacramento with us. We see him up there. Uh, I don't really know him personally, but I see him there speaking, and and he's a good guy. And uh, I think he's a former military guy, former chaplain for the police. And uh, so his wife posted on Facebook that uh, the church, you could bring your ballots to the church, their their local church here in Marietta, and, and please vote. Fill out your application, fill out your uh, ballot and bring it here and we will safely deliver it. Of course, here it's easy. I The government center where the ballot drop is here is just uh, three minutes from my house by car. 
and I just drive through, and you don't even need to get out of your car. You just reach out, boom, you just slide it through the slot. But there, Muriette's big. These are big, big places. So they said, as a courtesy, just bring your ballot when you come to church. We got you. We will deliver all the ballots. And so the police showed up at the church to arrest the pastor's wife for posting that on Facebook. Uh, at the behest of the attorney general uh, or the local elections clerk, whichever it was. And so now they're in a court fight down there because the law says that you can do just what they're doing. You can do it. But Becerra says you can't. And so we'll see. But what's happening is, is uh, churches are doing that. Now, I've, I've uh, been in uh, a little bit of discussion trying to figure out whether Glad Tidings here in Yuba City, Sutter County, is going to do that very thing because people have asked us the recall knew some people have said, Hey, I think it was them or someone else said, could we put a ballot drop at your church? And I thought, well, why do you want to do that? Just drop it off yourself. But then I get what they're doing now. I had, I was a little slow to the, I was slow uh, to figure out what was going on here, but they're trying to make sure that conservative people actually get their ballot into the County clerk in fact, I have a lady that works for the church actually asked me yesterday, do you think the county clerk's honest? And I said, yeah, I think the county clerk's honest. So I think we just need to get it to her. And um, so uh, we're not necessarily wanting, it, it isn't just that the county clerk, whether they're liberal or conservative, it's just they're honest, right? We just want honest people, good people. And so uh, that's a big issue right now. We're, we're probably going to sort, I'm going to have lunch in uh, several hours and maybe we'll sort out whether we're going to collect the ballots at Glad Tidings uh, in Yuba City for people that want to drop off and they're nervous about it. But but if you can, just take it to the county clerk and they're going to have drop spots there for you. But that's the ballot, ballot harvesting thing. The Democrats took it. They, they, they're the ones that started this thing. And last in 2018, they flipped a bunch of seats to almost all the all the congressional people from California are all. In fact, almost all the representatives at the federal level are all uh, Democrats because of uh, various uh, changes in the state of California demographically and to ballot harvesting. Uh, so anyway, the Republicans now are saying, OK, we want to do that. We'll do that as well. And uh, it, it, it is effective. So that's that. I'll leave that where it is. Uh, let's see if I want to. Oh, I got it. Here's the deal. You know how you see things and all of a sudden a new term will come up. A new, oh, uh, it isn't a new word, but the word is used differently or a phrase like uh, hands up, can't breathe. Remember that? Or don't hands up or don't shoot. That was it. Can't or the. There was one about, you know, the different black guys that have been killed. Remember the one guy from uh, Ferguson said he had his hands up, which was a lie. Hands up, don't shoot. That was it. And the other ones can't breathe, George uh, Lloyd. So then they made T-shirts and the whole thing. These type of phrases uh, are manufactured movement phrases. And so if you watch the uh, debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris, you notice Kamala a couple times said, Vice President, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, Vice President, I'm speaking, right? And you think, oh, uh, okay, she felt like she was interrupted, right? Politicians interrupt. You notice politicians interrupt each other. And uh, 
either to correct one another or say, no, that's not true in a debate, right? And even, uh, you know, by the way, Kamala Harris, when she's on the Senate committee to confirm somebody in, in, in is uh, questioning them, she's always interrupting people, right? And uh, so sometimes, you know, when Kavanaugh was being interviewed for the Supreme Court, he actually would, he didn't say, I'm speaking. He said, uh, if you'll let me finish, remember that? If you let me, I'll answer a question if you let me finish. And she said, well, it's my time. It's my time. It's my time to talk. Just let me talk. It's my time, not your time. I'll ask the questions, right? She's a bitch is what she is. And so, uh, so when he said, I'm speaking. So do you think that was just off the cuff? Do you think that was just spontaneous? It wasn't at all. It was totally planned because as they walked out that day, they had T-shirts made, I'm speaking. Did you know that? These things are totally choreographed. And so uh, you think, oh, well, you know, she was just like trying to comp- uh, compensate or deal with Pence's uh, quickness. He was agile that night. On his, he, was, he was getting to her. So she said, I'm speaking. But it was all choreographed, and it was all it just like a play. She was scheduled to say that at different times in the event to make it look like he was mansplaining. You heard that term, mansplaining? So in a debate, he was supposed to be passive and let her stomp all over him. Uh, that would be the position of a man being a sissy, a pussy, right? So uh, just just wanted to drop that in there because I— uh, I learned about that, and I thought, all right, then. I get, I get, I get what you're saying here. So, um, okay. So, by the way, uh, one more thing on the um, ballot harvesting. Jim Nielsen, who's the state senator for our area here, actually tried to get a law passed. This is interesting, and it, I think this shows the genuine uh, integrity of the, the conservatives Jim Nielsen tried to get a law passed in uh, this year that would uh, tighten up ballot harvesting and make it clearer on who could and who could not deliver ballots, and they couldn't just do this bulk handling of ballots. And it was refused by the uh, anything that the Democrats do not want, they can stop because they have what they call a supermajority in both houses of uh, our legislature in Sacramento, they have a two-thirds uh, majority. So, in any committee, so he in committee, Jim Nielsen's proposal to tighten up the ballot harvesting concept and and take it back to the way it used to be was rejected. Then the Republicans now are using ballot harvesting to ensure not not to try to do anything criminal, just to make sure that the ballot doesn't end up in the garbage, that the postal worker doesn't toss it. So they're saying, listen, don't use the postal service and uh, because it may never make it there. Let's hand deliver it to the county clerk and trust that the county clerk is honest. Okay, here we go. I uh, love these. I, I saw this meme. It's called wind colon a colon for you and Oliver's and Linda is a dot above a dot. A period above a period. Wind colon idiot power. Wind equals idiot power. I am not a fan of bird blenders or windmills. Think, oh my God, that's 
clean. It isn't clean. It's dirtier power than fossil fuels. And uh, I was traveling down the coast of Vietnam near an area, a, a city called Nha Trang, which is a gorgeous area along on the coast uh, of the ocean. And it's a great place if you're a scuba diver. It's one of the top amazing uh, bays to dive in. If, you, if you're into that, I'm not. But uh, it's beautiful there. Anyway, they, they've now ruined the entire landscape with these massive... Uh, windmills and you're very close to them when you drive by them as opposed to in california where they're kind of off in the horizon but uh i learned that the top of the windmill not the not the turning portion but the the gears and the motor behind the the windmill is the size of a it's a motor the size of a school bus the motor is the size of a school bus not just the whole school bus, 50 foot long or 40 foot long school, that's an entire motor there that powers these windmills. And so the environmentalists, they don't want to look at what the costs are of the mining and the, the creation of the steel and all the prop, prop uh, the parts and the, uh, the, you know, the putting together of this thing. And then the disposal of it when it wears out, right? These The products that make up the windmill blades are a unique uh, substance that doesn't decompose. And now they're trying to figure out where to put these massive windmill blades when they're done, right? Or these massive, the size of a school bu uh, bus motors. And so it's, they say on this meme, it says a two megawatt windmill contains 260 tons of steel requiring 170 tons of coking coal and 300 tons of iron ore. Now, if you're thinking, if you're a green person and you want to go green, none of that's green right there. Mining ore, coal, and, and making steel, there's nothing green about that. I'm not against it. I'm just telling you what's going you You, you ignore that. You think, oh, you're going to go down to Target and buy yourself a big windmill. <clears throat> All this is mined, transported, and produced by hydrocarbon spewing processes and machines. And the conclusion to this is a windmill could spin until it falls apart. By the way, all windmills will eventually fall apart. I don't know if you've seen on YouTube windmills falling apart and the blades just falling totally off, right? Just like your car breaks down, a windmill will break down. So, and in storms, I've just massive storms will blow the blades right off, you know, 100 mile an hour winds, stuff like that. So, a windmill can spin. The, the conclusion here, and I've read all the details, there's people that have all the science on this and you know, it's like pages and pages of research. It's a total loser. The, there's nothing green about battery-powered cars or windmills. A windmill could spend until it falls apart and never generate as much ener energy as was invested in building it. In other words, the entire amount of energy going into making that windmill, you'll never surpass that amount of energy in all the windmill, in the life of the windmill. It's the same thing in an and with, because you've got to create these massive batteries in these electric vehicles, the batteries suck so much uh, energy to mine those products to make a battery. And there's like a thousand pounds of battery in these cars. 
that they'll never catch up with with saving, making, uh, you know, driving 100,000 miles or whatever the life of them there are, 200,000 miles. They'll never make up the cost of the use of the hydrocarbons, etc. It's all just pie in the sky. It doesn't bear out under research. I don't care. Do your own research. Don't just take my word for it. We're at a break here. We'll be right back with lots more to talk about. All right. I'm just blowing smoke. Hey, yeah. I'm just blowing smoke. Hey, yeah. I'm out here going broke. Hey, yeah. Hi. We're told to be afraid. But my gut tells me to be playful, kind, and loving. We're told we need to wait for a cure to be healthy. But my gut tells me I'm already allowed to be healthy. We're told our rights are being taken from us for our protection. But my gut tells me it's not protecting me, it's imprisoning me. We're told the human connection is dangerous and deadly. But my gut tells me human connection is good for me. We're told that going outside is bad for us, but my gut tells me it's good for me. We're told to believe what they say, but my gut tells me to believe what I think. The news tells us what's true, but my gut tells me most of what they say isn't true. We're told to trust the external authorities, but my gut tells me to trust my internal authorities. What would happen if you stopped outsourcing your truth and started paying attention to what your mind, eyes, gut, and heart tells you your truth is? Just something to think about. Kamala Harris is one spicy mama. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I have to I'm speaking. That whole debate was Kamala Harris trying to make Trump look like he was a leader of white supremacy. Well, Mike Pence is the man. Wow. He responded to Kamala Harris saying that Trump wouldn't condemn neo-Nazis with this. You're concerned that he doesn't condemn neo-Nazis. President Trump has Jewish grandchildren. His daughter and son-in-law are Jewish. Oops. <laughs> no, she, she wasn't ready. Ridiculous. And then she goes on about fracking. For those of you who don't know what fracking is, it's when they inject liquid at a high pressure into the earth to extract oil and gas. And Kamala Harris says that it's a fact that Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That is a fact. Here's what Joe is now saying about fracking after being attacked by President Trump. I am not banning fracking. But it wasn't that long ago when Biden was saying this. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one. I'm starting to get fracking confused because Joe Biden clearly can't make up his fracking mind about what he wants to do with fracking. You know, I'll be honest with y'all. I took my girl out in the front yard this morning and we were fracking out there together for about three and a half hours. We even let the neighbors watch. They wanted to learn our techniques. I personally love fracking. <laughs> wow. And then Kamala Harris wants to focus on toilet paper. Really? How calm were you when you were panicked about where you're going to get your next roll of toilet paper? I'm sorry, are we really bringing up 
toilet paper during a presidential debate. Well, the way I remember it, I was wiping my ass with leaves for the first month of quarantine because all the liberals were out buying all of the toilet paper like it was gold while the conservatives were buying ammo. I mean, after that first month of quarantine, I had so many rounds, I could have been wiping my ass with 338 rounds. But did anybody get the point of this debate? Joe Biden isn't running for president, Kamala is. Here's what I think's gonna happen. If in some one billionth chance that they win, their administration is gonna have Biden take a physical probably within the first month of them getting elected and they're gonna deem him unfit for presidency because he's got dementia and Kamala Harris is gonna take over. Do we really want a president who said this? We need reform of our policing in America and our criminal justice system, which is why Joe and I will immediately ban chokeholds and carotid holes. George Floyd would be alive today if we did that. Nope, he wouldn't because he died from a fentanyl overdose, but it's okay, continue. And Thank we you. will decriminalize marijuana and we, you, will, we will expunge the records of those who have Thank been you, convicted. Harris. Wow, so you pretty much just want to give everyone a free pass. God help this country if Biden and Harris gets elected because the way that she was acting during that presidential debate, absolutely nuts. Right. Do you know that uh, <clears throat> Kamala Harris, when she ran for Senate, remember she was a uh, uh, Willie Brown, who she was sleeping with uh, back in her younger days. Uh, he was about pushing 60, married, and uh, she was sleeping with him. He appointed her to a couple paid commissions <clears throat> in the city of San Francisco. And then she ran for district attorney. She ran, uh, won that uh, by a narrow margin. But when, a win is a win in politics. And then she ran for the state Senate when, when Barbara Boxer retired. And uh, she's our, our, one of our two senators. Dianne Feinstein is our other one. But like a lot of people, they, they uh, changed their, uh, their views, their touted views, and their, uh, even who they are from election to election. Back then, in running for the uh, Senate, she said that she was an Indian American, because she is. She's uh, Her mom is from India, and, and her dad's from Jamaica. Uh, uh, his heritage is Jamaican. So she is not African American. She's Jamaican or Indian Jamaican. Uh, so that's how she pitched herself as Indian American back then. Now she's pitching herself as African American. She's not African American. Just every time, you know, a lot of white people, they think well, if you're black, you're from Africa. That's not, that's not the case. I have a good uh, friend, neighbor of mine been, we've been, we've been the longest neighbors of all the neighborhood here. Her and I have been here the longest. She and I, and, uh, she is from Fiji islands and she's black, but she's from Fiji. And so, uh, so this uh, meme said an appellate court found Kamala Harris. You know, she's portraying herself as this and that right now. But this is what appellate court found that Kamala Harris and San Francisco police took part in framing and prosecuting a man named Jamal Trulove. You can look this up on the Internet, see his whole test, his whole story. He was put in prison and now he's released. 
Jamal Trulove, they put him in prison for a murder he never committed. Harris even paid the key witness over $50,000, sorry, $60,000 in housing and relocation benefits for testifying against Jamal so she could get the conviction before the election. That's the election to the uh, Senate. After years behind bars and even being stabbed while in prison, Jamal was exonerated and paid $13.1 million settlement by the city of San Francisco. Kamala Harris ruined the man's life so she could get the vote for the Senate, make her look tough, right? Now, she's she's laughed on. I, there's all kinds of clips I could play, but I just don't I only do this once a week. So there's her laughing about her smoking marijuana. She's put all kinds of black guys. In fact, the black community's caught up with her. And there's a black pastor that's got a great clip, but it takes too long. He's talking about Kamala putting the black brothers in prison uh, for for two-bit crimes. And so while she's laughing with a radio host about smoking weed and like, hey, I'm just from Jamaica, man. We all smoke weed down there. Even her, her father, who's still alive, uh, has, has uh, castigated her uh, publicly about hurting the name uh, just because, like the stereotype. You know, blacks are saying, oh, you, you have stereotype. But her, her own father, who was a professor at Stanford uh, at one time, he's retired now, said, you know, you've, you've uh, sullied our name. Uh, we're from Jamaica. That doesn't, all Jamaicans don't smoke weed and sing reggae, <laughs> right? It's a stereotype, Right. And so, but she plays up that because I'm, yeah, yeah, I smoke weed and I inhaled. I'm from Jamaica. But yet she put people in prison for a lot of drug crimes, right? And uh, so uh, it's catching up to her, folks. It's catching up to her. Now, I want to mention, you know, it's so fascinating with the internet and technology and computers, everything you could, you know, you can just record and hold on to stuff. So when you vet people, uh, you can... You can see how ridiculous politicians are. They're so dishonest and corrupt, many of them, most of them, actually. So in 2016, you remember this, uh, where at a town hall meeting, Barack Obama said, uh, I've been trying to, you know, I, 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 we're not going to bring any manufacturing jobs back. Those manufacturing jobs are in history. And, they're, we're not, and, and a black union rep was asking Obama about it. He said, it's not going to happen. We're going to have to retrain your people. So this one uh, meme says in 2016, uh, it's quoting Obama, I've tried to fix the economy for eight years. Nothing can fix it. Trump can't fix it. Remember he said, Trump can't wave a wand. Remember that? He can't just, how's he going to do it? How's he going to fix this economy? He can't just wave a wand and bring manufacturing back. So that's what he said in 2016. 2019, Trump didn't fix, then when the economy boomed, after Trump took over, then Obama changed. He said, Trump didn't fix the economy. I'd fix the economy. It was my work that fixed the economy like I planned. It just came to pass under Trump. Then in 2020, Corona didn't tank the economy, he says. Trump did. Nothing can fix it now. Trump can't fix this. So therefore, vote for Biden, right? You know, these politicians, uh, it's hard to find a, an honest one. Well, in the last couple of months, I've had the pleasure of uh, out of the blue, just out of the blue. We didn't put any effort into it. I had the pleasure of being able to meet uh, or be in the same room with and and uh, listen to uh, Dinesh D'Souza and Candace Owens. 
who, you know, a lot of these people, do you think, oh, I like the way they talk or they, you know, whether you're a liberal, conservative, whatever your favorite people are that you think, oh, I, I enjoy that person. I like that person. They seem like a nice person. And two of those people ended up speaking in town here in Sutter County at that Church of Glad Tidings. And I thought, and it, I, I don't want to waste time how they ended up there. But the fact is, uh, you know, you see people and you think, I wonder what they're like in person. You know, you think, see a politician or something, you think, oh, I like that guy. But you meet him in person, it's a letdown, right? Sometimes you meet people, you, you think, oh, I think that person's like this. And you meet him and think, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So uh, Dinesh D'Souza and Candace Owens are actually better in person than they are on TV or YouTube, whatever you see them. So uh, we had um, Dinesh D'Souza, she came, he came and did a, uh, a uh, fundraiser for Tamika. My friends always say, Lou, you don't say her name right. Say Tamika. Tamika Hamilton, who is a wonderful woman and uh, and uh, veteran. She's still in the Air Force, uh, serving and now as a reserve sergeant in the Air Force. And uh, she's running against John Garamendi. So they did a fundraiser for her. Um, and in fact, there's also... Um, uh, let's see, there's a meet and greet spaghetti feed. I think it's the 23rd. You can go on Tamika, vote Tamika.com, and you could, uh, it's, I think, $25 a person coming up on the 23rd at Glad Tidings in, in Sutter County, so you can get to meet her. Anyway, Dinesh came and did a fundraiser. I thought, how amazing is that? Dinesh D'Souza coming to Sutter County. The guy's a filmmaker now. He's got New York Times best-selling books. He's a brilliant guy. But also, uh, Candace Owens, who was uh, a bright college graduate working, and, and she burst on YouTube uh, by making uh, some comments that were unusual for a black woman. And she, they were conservative comments. And so anyway, she shows up and she speaks at Glad Tidings uh, as a fundraiser for the uh, New California movement to create a new state out of part of California. They call it New California because they aren't stating what the name will be of the new state. So uh, anyway, she spoke and it was very powerful, very inspiring and got to you know meet her. So I like this quote it says, will CNN smear us all as token Negroes or will they report accurately that the black conservative movement is here and is big? We love this president. We love this country and we are here to claim our piece of the American dream. The Democrat Party is over. Now, the interesting thing is when Trump first ran for election, she was not interested in Trump. She was an anti-Trumper. But the 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 Democrats or the left went so overboard in in attacking him. In fact, just before Trump announced his uh, candidacy for president, he was receiving award after award after award from black charlatan leaders like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton because of how he was helping the black community. He was hiring lots of blacks. He was helping blacks. He was housing uh people that that terrible things had happened to he'd put them up and take care of them for a while he did amazing things for black people and they were giving him award after award and all kinds of liberal politicians and conservative politicians would like to get their picture taken with trump so candace was honest enough to say listen there's something wrong with this picture 
You can't call a guy racist when he announces for president when you took his money and thought he was Mr. Wonderful before. She did her own research. She ran on to some writings by Thomas Sowell, changed her life, and she and all of a sudden she burst on the onto the the uh, into everybody's consciousness. And now she's leading the Blexit movement, which is the exit of blacks from the the Democrat plantation, as we call it. You don't have to have a physical plantation. You can have a plantation that's all in your mind, a mental plantation where you're you're controlled, you're manipulated, and you're owned uh, by people. They have uh, they're living rent free in your mind. But she is leading a, a movement, and I asked her a question in the meeting prior to her speaking uh, to the group the other night. I said, uh, "What's your take? Is it?" Is it for real? I see there's a lot of blacks speaking out for Trump. And she said, Lou, that's, she said, that's what Blexit's all about. And she said, yeah, it's massive and we're getting it on. So I'm kind of interested in the numbers in the election and all throughout the United States on how blacks vote in various races. Now, uh, you, Almost every week you hear a reference to 1984, the book 1984 that was written many, many years ago now by George Orwell. He said, uh, because what's happening now, it's, it's almost like God gave him insight and prophetic insight into what the world would be like in 1984. And now it's a lot later than that. But what he wrote about in his book has come to pass. So he said during times of universal deceit, do you ever think that you're being lied to every time a media person opens their mouth or writes something? I mean, the amount, it isn't just people have a different perspective. They're lying during the times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. So this, this uh, quote from George Orwell is written under this, this statement in big white letters on black background. It says truth, the word truth, and then under it, it's the new hate speech. Truth, it's the new hate speech. So when I started uh, getting on the radio, I guess six or seven years ago, I did about five or six years of radio. Then I left and, and I'd been doing this podcast and may end up going back to radio and do podcast and radio. But one of the things that people kept saying to me that they liked about the show. There are some, many people didn't like the show at all, which is good. It's fine. In other words, there's lots of stations. You listen to who you like. I, I don't listen to people. I always listen and read things that I like to read and uh, that help me. I wouldn't listen to people that, that don't. So, uh, but people would say to me, Lou, you're saying things that other people aren't willing to say, or they're afraid to say. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I, I don't really think of it that way when I tell my view. But people would say to me, uh, or even what I write in articles in the, the newspaper, they will say, oh, nobody's willing to say. Uh, they say, we like your articles. We read the Territorial Dispatch, and we really like your articles because, and they they usually say, because that's what, that's what we think, but no one, we're afraid to say it. That's so what they're doing is they're saying what George Orwell said is true during times of universal deceit, 
Telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act or truth. It's the new hate speech. It is the new hate speech. Now the, the press secretary, uh, you know, Donald Trump has gone through a number of press secretaries and, um, some I've, I've not really cared for, but, uh, or they've been fine, you know, but some I really like. And, and, uh, so Huckabee Sanders was one I really like and McEnany I really like. And so, uh, she said, she said this, she is so amazing. Sometimes not just her, but you know, every once in a while you run into people who just their mind works different than yours works. And they say things the way they put their words together uh, is fascinating. So she says, I can only explain it to you. In other words, she's doing a press conference. I can't understand it for you. And, uh, that's, <laughs> it doesn't matter how many the press now, because they're deceitful, they're liars. That doesn't matter how many times you explain it. They're just going to ask you the same. It's like the kid who just keeps, you know, when children grow up at some age, I don't know. Mothers could tell you what age two or something. They just keep asking one. As soon as you answer the question, they ask you another question. And it's just over and over until it, it almost you want to just drive your car off the cliff. So this is the other thing that I've noticed. I'm just picking up some thoughts from this week. Uh, I Every day that I, I kind of here's the deal, the way this this uh, culture is because of the people that want to make a one world government. And they want to control you like big tech wants to control you. They want the lockdown to continue because they're changing you. Do you notice that since COVID you've changed, you, you are more stressed out, you're irritable, uh, your life has changed, your economics have changed in some, some sense for some of you. Uh, but even just going to the store is a hassle because you're wondering, when I go to the store, I don't wear a mask. I have never wear, worn a mask. Um, I, I was forced to wear one on Southwest air recently, but, uh, I took it off as soon as I got on the plane. And, uh, so, uh, because when I walk in, people are going to confront you. I, like I went to Sam's club the other day and the gal standing there, the gal stands there all day, her job in life. She went to high school. We paid many thousands of dollars to put that girl through school, through free education. Maybe she even got college. We had doctors that kept her alive and, all for this, she stands like a statue at the doorway of Sam's Club to intim- try to intimidate me to wear a damn mask. And I just said, no thanks, and I just walked by her. Now, that they have those people at all these stores around here because, not because they believe in masks. It's totally communist. It's because they've been told by the health officer that if you don't get people to wear masks, we're going to close you down, cost you millions of dollars. That's exactly what's going on. It's all corrupt uh, manipulation and power. You think that uh, this, what's going on in the United States now, is worse than what's going on in Vietnam, communist country in Laos. Worse. Maybe not worse in China, but it's worse in Vietnam. They, Because I, I, I'm communicating with them uh, multiple times a week. So uh, this is a total ripoff. And so this mask-wearing thing is all about intimidation. It has nothing to do with health except poor health. It'll damage your health. So this saying, I'm going to read this to you. Fear does not stop death. Do you know that? The mask thing is all about fear. Gal said at uh, this check cashing place over by Red Robin in Yuba City, she said to me, because she said, the next time you come in here to send money overseas, 
uh, you're going to have to wear a mask. She said, you have a mask? I said, no, don't want one and not going to wear one. She said, well, you're going to have to wear one according to our company policy to send this money overseas through us. And I said, uh, well, I said, if I come in here and I try to do that and you won't do that, I will, uh, your company will end up buying me a car because I'm going to sue you. So I said, let me, let me just say it another way, honey. I know you're just wearing that mask because, because, because you got to, you got to do this job. You you got to wear a mask. Said you got to come clothed. You got to got to wear underwear. You got to wear you know a dress. You got to do this. You got to look. You got to have a bath, and you got to show up on time to do this job. And you now you have to wear a mask. Has nothing to do with good health. Has to do with bad health. She said, "Well, I've had COVID." I said, "Okay, fine. You got sick. Everybody gets sick, right? What's the big worry? Eight months ago, nobody worried." Like everybody could say in their life, anybody in the room been sick? Everybody raise their hand. Yeah, I've been sick a few times in my life, right? Raise your hand. Had a cold. Get a cold every year or every other year. Been had the flu? Yeah, had the flu. Had shingles? Some of you had shingles. Guy took, came by here yesterday. He said, look, Lou, I was, uh, the other day I, I broke out all over with some kind of rash. That nobody can figure out what it is. Now it's leaving. Life happens, right? Nobody worried about it. Nobody is feared. I don't get up in the morning. Oh, my God, I wonder if I'm going to get a cold today. I got to go to Walmart. Now everybody's feared. Oh, my God. You know, I you stand six feet from me. I went over to the sheriff's department yesterday. I said, do I have to wear a mask inside? No, as long as you keep six feet apart. I thought, holy mackerel, this is ridiculous. I can't. I said, I like to hug people, touch people, shake hands. It says fear does not stop death. It stops life. Do you notice that life is stopping? You can't go to the park. We got Dr. Luce freaking freaking out, thinking, oh, is that person you're with part of your family? Or is that somebody from somebody else's family, right? It, it reminds me of a, the Chinese churches. You cannot proselytize. You cannot bring a kid. You cannot bring a student. You cannot bring a military person into the church because they don't want them to be converted, right? So you can't, you can't fraternize with your neighbors, right? You got to stay within your own family. Fear does not stop death. It stops life. And worrying does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. What's, what's been taken away from the American people is boldness and uh, happiness and uh, peace. And now we are totally freaked out. People... I, you know what pissed me off is the constant printing of COVID numbers. Why don't you print the suicides in our community? Why don't you print the overdoses that your COVID policies are causing? Nope. They went every day. How many got sick? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Somebody got sick in Yuba Center County. So I thought, hey, it's life. Nobody got worried about if a kid got sick at school. You just called mom and said, hey, he's got green stuff coming out of his nose. Come and pick him up. That was called, today we call it, it's quarantining. It's just like, hey, the kid's sick. Take him home. Give him some rest. We don't need him at school. Get everybody infected. We all understood this before. But now when the government said, the government, it's almost like the government saying, we're going to stop all illness. That ain't going to happen, people. That ain't going to happen. We'll be right back. Grandpa was an Eagle Scout, a 33rd degree Mason, and he fought in the Second World War. Was a deacon down at the Baptist Church since 1964. 
Bought clothes for the homeless, toys for the orphans On top of giving his tithe Voted religiously, straight GOP Never missed an election in his life So it took us by surprise When we heard on the news last night Grandpa voted Democrat And our family ain't proud of that Yeah, we thought it was a joke when the big news broke But the show enough counted his vote And now we're wondering how he cast it From inside his casket This show seems funny to me How they got his absentee Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace From the way it sounds, they had a good turnout down at the Mount Olive Graveyard. Over 90% of the residents crossed over with their voter card. It's all over the news, and now they're arguing who's caught up in the voter fraud. And how a good man's name could be smeared this way while he's six feet under the sod. It sure took us by surprise He's been dead since 95 Grandpa voted Democrat And our family ain't proud of that Yeah, we thought it was a joke When the big news broke But the show enough counted his vote Now we're wondering how he cast it Down inside his casket It sure seems funny to me how they got his absentee Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace This is one November I don't want to remember Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace I'm an army vet I was homeless, I was sleeping in my car, and didn't have any hope for a long time. Then, Tony Rankin was offered a second chance. President Trump's Opportunity Zones gave new investments to neglected communities. And jobs are coming back. Life is good now. Life is worth living. The president does want to help people like myself to be lifted back up in these low-income communities. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Wondering why I'm standing in front of this office on such a hot California day? This is Congressman John Garamendi's office. I'm his opponent, Tamika Hamilton. I'm a sergeant in the United States Air Force, and John won't debate me. I thought I'd come down here to make it a little bit easier for him. Since John's been in Congress, he has amassed a wealth over $2 million. He owns ranches, homes, and even rides horses. Does he sound like someone that knows how most of us really live? But let's be nice. John is a little out of touch. I mean, he has been in office for the past 45 years, and since that time, the internet and a cell phone were invented. John, next time you're riding horses around the ranch, pretend that you're stuck in traffic like the rest of us, and you can't fill up the tank because gas is so expensive. That's how most of us really live. John, you've been in office for over 45 years, and why haven't you done anything about this traffic? And why do you keep supporting taxes that make our lives here in California more unaffordable? 
I think the new tax should be on congressmen who've been in office since the 1970s who ride horses and pretend to be cowboys. This is my home. My husband's a peace officer. You seem to think my husband's just as bad as the people that he arrests, that breaking the law is okay. I believe that the police are trying to do the best job they can and that my husband deserves your respect. John, you and Patricia were able to send your kids to the best schools. A lot of parents in our district don't have that ability and are stuck in failing schools. That's where you and I differ. You oppose charter schools and you oppose school choice. You've ran on bringing back the middle class while you've become a millionaire. You've left us behind. It's time to give District B what they've been wanting and that's a debate. And so it's time for you to step up and not hide behind the incumbent status. Do your job. Let the people hear what you have to say and let them decide. For me, I'm personally getting 2016 deja vu. I kind of want to fast forward to the part where they tell every woman that we failed somehow because we forgot to cast our ballots. And it's our duty as women to make sure that we stand behind Kamala despite her abhorrent record. And she's facing a similar problem, by the way, that Hillary Clinton faced in 2016. She's just not a very likable candidate. I think the Democrat Party was surprised when they offered her, uh, you know, when she was running for the presidential election and she failed. Uh, they did not like her. When I say they, I'm talking about black America. They just, they thought would get behind this candidate. Look, you've got a black, you've got a woman. And it didn't happen. On both sides of the aisle, uh, there was a shared repulsion to her. Black America remembered her record as a prosecutor, remembered her record as California's top cop. And I was so happy, Laura, let me tell you, when Vice President Pence went after about her record on black America, because this is a woman who was so inauthentic that she is now trying to climb the Black Lives Matter tree along with Joe Biden, despite her abhorrent record on black America. So you know what happened last night? It wasn't misogyny. It wasn't sexism. It was called losing a debate. Vice President Pence beat Kamala Harris in every single regard last night, and it was beautiful to watch. The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup. I say a little bit for you And while I'm combing my hair now And wonder what dress to wear now I say a little bit for you Well, one of our uh, new families that we met a few years ago at Glad Tidings is a lady named Chris Ann Hall and her husband, J.C. They're both former military people, uh, served in the military, uh, I think, I th actually, I think one of them got wounded. Uh, but uh, Chris Ann was a uh, attorney for the state of Florida who ended up getting canned because she began teaching the Constitution on her own time to Tea Party people. And at that time, in, in that part of the deep state, uh, the deep state uh, employees in the state of Florida, they were liberals, and they didn't like the fact that she taught people the truth about the Constitution on her own time. Uh so they fired her. So she and her husband, uh, they well, actually they gave her an ultimatum. Knock that off or you're out of here. So she knocked. She did not knock it off. And so she decided to depart. And uh, so they've been teaching the Constitution ever since. So uh, we've had her at, out here at Sutter County a number of times to speak. She's a great speaker. Chris Ann Hall, you can go to her website. In fact, I have it here. Let me scroll up. And get that for you so I don't misquote it. It's uh, Chris Ann Hall, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E Hall, H-A-L-L, -L, one word, ChrisAnnHall.com. She will teach you the Constitution. You could uh, subscribe to her. Uh, she's on every day, 
telling about current events and how it lines up with the Constitution. It's very interesting. She's a good speaker. She's very practical. She's not heady. Uh, anyway, she was flying. She's flying about three times a week now uh, all over the United States, and she, she flies as a family. She and her husband and her son, who's a teenager, they travel together. But in this case, they had a, uh, a videographer with them, and a videographer, um, he happened to be black, and uh, so on Southwest, she flies Southwest exclusively, pretty much, unless Southwest doesn't go to the city she needs. But for 10 years, she claims Southwest has been her choice as a carrier. And I had a problem on Southwest recently regarding masks. And my friend Dave Bryan, who pastors Glad Tidings, actually got thrown off a flight Southwest because they didn't like like uh the he had a mask on they didn't like the way he was wearing it or when he took it down to have a drink or or uh eat a peanut or something they threw him totally off the plane and uh he missed his speaking engagement so chris ann hall's flying they're on the plane they're going to a place they're going to videotape the deal and their video guys there and the uh he he had a mask on and he was sitting in his seat and he would drink and drop the mask he they had he had some trail mix anyway uh and it's just not chris ann hall's view but people sitting around them said this is what happened um but the uh, the head steward of the plane was told to remove him from the plane one of the the uh the uh, flight attendants said the guy was being uncooperative which was untrue that what was a problem was that he had a blacks for trump hat on there's a black hat and said blacks for Trump and white on it. And then he had a Trump mask on. He's a Trump uh, supporter. He's conservative black and a young man. And uh, he's uh, traveling for pay with Chris Ann Hall. That's his job. So anyway, uh, Chris Ann Hall began to to tape the interaction between the chief flight attendant and this man. And they threw him off the plane. There was no negotiations. They just threw his butt right off the plane. And I was fascinated because in the background, the other flight attendants, a couple of the other flight attendants, this guy was white. A couple of the other flight attendants were black. And I thought, what are those dudes thinking right now? Uh, so anyway, this guy got flown, thrown off. So uh, JC, the husband, he got off the plane with them to make sure they could rebook and get over to where they needed to get in the United States. And Chris Ann flew on. But that video... Uh, it was not set up. Southwest kind of claimed, oh, well, you're trying to do something for a podcast. This is a gag. This is a setup. It wasn't a setup at all. They, Chris Ann Hall didn't start anything. Southwest started it, and he threw this guy unjustly off this plane. It was a racist move and an anti-Trump move. And uh, so now the, the, uh, if, if you look up David Rubin, uh, R-U-B-I-N, he's got a show down in Los Angeles. He interviewed both the videographer and Chris Ann Hall. And, uh, you could tell, uh, it, <laughs> it, it's a great interview, maybe 15 minute, 10 minute interview. But his question to Chris Ann Hall was, uh, since you're an attorney, are you going to sue Southwest air? And, um, she said, uh, no, I actually, I'm not into suing people. I'm into people just behaving well. Right. So she's going to write. She said, I've had impeccable service with Southwest over many, many years, and I'm going to write them a letter, a, a good, nice letter and ask them to tighten up their policy. What is their policy? She kept asking the guy, what is your policy on masks? Can you not take your mask down to 
eat the snack you're giving them, right? Or take a drink of the water you're giving giving us. So anyway, that's that. But it's gone viral, and uh, so it's you know it's interesting. When I got on the fourth leg of my flight coming back from uh, teaching regarding trauma intervention in Boise, Idaho, I was, had to fly back through Las Vegas. So I was the only one on any plane that didn't have a mask on. And I, I made it three three legs, two legs over, two legs back. On the final leg, they weren't going for it. And I said, either you're going to put that mask on uh, or you're going to get off this plane. And so while I was the only one without a mask getting on the plane, and so the pilot came on the intercom and said, and it was just for me. I mean, why would you tell all the people masked up that you had to wear a mask? He came on and said it was a state law in the state of California and Nevada that you had to wear a mask. Now, now I'm thinking this guy's actually, I'm putting my life in this guy's hand. And now I know he's a liar. He's either a liar. He's just as it, an idiotic person to, or he's just a compliant communist, right? What's happening is all these employees are just doing what they're told. Even, I mean, even people yesterday, I had to go into a couple of sheriff's departments and, and do some video videography, making a commercial. And, um, the people that knew me at the front desk at the sheriff's department said, Hey, Lou, you, you, you're probably going to have to use this mask. They gave me a mask and, and they said, well, just carry it. See if they make it. it I mean, she knew, I knew it was baloney, but she, she's going through it because why? Cause she's working. She's got kids. She's got them in school. She's got a house payment. She's got a car payment. She's got insurance payment. She's got medical bills. Da da da. And, and so they said, you got to wear a mask because who? Dr. Lou and the supervisors of the county said you got to do it. Now, this is where it really gets me. The supervisor, we got guys r- running right now for supervisor in both Yuba and Sutter counties, all up and down California. And they, I want the job. I'm a leader. I can, I'm, I'm the best man for the job. I'm the best woman for the job. Da, 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 da. I, you know, you can trust me. You can do this. And they are the very ones that voted to shut down in Yuba, Sutter County, over 2,000, 2,500 businesses. They shut them down. We voted for them, and they shut our businesses down. They didn't have to do that. Gavin Newsom didn't shut them down. Gavin Newsom said, that's what I want. But counties can say, I ain't going for it. We're not going to shut our business down. They could have said that. <laughs> but all of a sudden, they're not my rep. The supervisors of this county are not my representative. They do not represent me on hardly anything. The city council of Marysville does not represent me. They represent Dr. Lou. She's a little communist uh, robot that's running around here. She's a lousy doctor. She should, in, in private practice, she would be, she would be, uh, I would sue her for malpractice. She is forcing people to wear masks, to social distance, to stay in their home when they're healthy. They're, there's doctors all over the place that that is crazy right on the side. When this whole right before the big fire started in paradise, we got this weird donation at glad tidings. We got a hundred multi hundred thousand, 500,000, $300,000, 300,000 mask. I thought we got all this emergency response stuff. And I thought, what are we going to do with all this emergency response stuff? And then the fire happened in paradise. The entire town burned down. And but on the side of the box of the N95 masks, it's it's it actually says this does not work on COVID. And yet they're forcing us to wear them, saying, "Oh, it will stop COVID." 
the mask people manufacturing it says, you'd, you'd think that the manufacturer would know better than the government. But I'm telling you, people are such George Orwell people. They're sheep. They, they have discounted their own mind. It's like a guy puts a gun to your chest and you say, are, are you like holding me up? No, no, no. I'm your friend. I just want your money. Oh, you just want my money. That's it. You're not holding me up. It's like you're looking truth in the face, but you're not believing it. It's like the saying, don't pee on my boots and tell me it's raining. In this case, the government is peeing on your boots and telling you it's raining. Don't, don't you notice right now? And, and I don't know whether I'll get to this, but the World Health Organization is now saying that social distancing was a mistake. The CDC is saying that more people get COVID that wear a mask than don't wear a mask. People, either the those people that work, you, we used to think of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, and the World Health Organization as the smartest people in our medical realm to guide us through all the disease rocks in the ocean, right? Either these people are the not smart at all, or they're the biggest manipulative people. And, and they are not into this for your health. They have an agenda. Either they're stupid. They have these high positions. They're completely stupid when they're telling you that a mask will work when it says right on the box, it will not work. If the condom says on it, it will not work. Like you want to do a latex con or a uh, lamb's uh, skin condom. They will not work with HIV partner. They may work great for sex better than a latex. But according to the health department, HIV goes right through the wall of a lamb's skin condom. All right. And you can't see either. You can't see the pores. But there are pores in all these products. The pores, though, are small enough to keep the sperm from getting out and getting your partner pregnant, if that's your goal, or to get chlamydia on, if you want to do a latex condom. Everything has its limitations. But if you want to, if you want to avoid a sexually transmitted infection, don't use a lambskin condom. Why? It looks like it should work. But when, when you look at it under a microscope, those things are so tiny that they just go right through the walls. HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, boom, boom, boom. And that's why the manufacturer says those COVID germs and other germs just go right through that mask. Don't kid yourself. But the government saying you got, you can't, you Signs all over. I hate these. I hate, hate, hate these signs everywhere I go. Big old funky signs. The government of this county tells you you got to wear a, a mask to come in here. I just walk right. I just walk. I said, screw you people. You're nuts. You're nuts. You don't want to do business with me? Throw me out. No, I won't come back. No problem. If you want my money, I will stick around. I want to uh, make a couple of. Uh, uh, comments and thank some people. I was out at Monty Hecker's place yesterday picking up some campaign stuff. Monty Hecker is a big supporter of this show. He has been for years. 
but he started a business from scratch. I love people uh, that start business from scratch. My father did. Uh, my uncles did. My uncle started a construction business, carpentry, built houses. My dad started a, a meat cutting business. And uh, and so I know what it's like to start from scratch and, and then have your business burned down, have your business flooded out, have problems and start from scratch. Self-driven people. Uh, uh, great respect for her. So when Mo Monty Hecker got out of the Air Force, he started Elite Universal Security out on Federal Boulevard, 5548 Federal Boulevard in Yuba County. He's got a great business. He's into hiring people. He's into hiring veterans, disabled veterans. He wants to help people out. You've got to be able to show up in the showdown, not be loaded, not be under the influence, and give him a great day's work. He will train you. If you don't know Jack, say, oh, I don't know much about anything. He will train you how to do it. You know, everybody didn't know much about anything starting out. You got to start somewhere. So uh, Monty will help you, and he'll, he got classes. He will train you, and, uh, and then you can move on be a police officer if you want or a sheriff's deputy. He doesn't care. He wants to help you. So uh, you can reach him at 530-749-0280. 5-5-3-0-7-4-9-0-2-8-0. You can also uh, look him up at api-academy.com, api-academy.com to look at his classes and uh, or eliteuniversalsecurity.com. And uh, you can check out what he's got. Got jobs all up and down Northern California. Some, you don't even have to wear a weapon. Uh, they do government security, business security, personal security, you know, for houses and stuff. Anyways, a great help to me and helps uh, sponsor this show. Uh, so thank you very much, Monty. And if, you can also sign the Recall Gavin petition out there. Take Honestly, it's the simplest thing you'll ever do. 5548 Feather River Boulevard. They're open every day of the week because security is something that happens every week. Also, Greenitz Construction. Dave Greenitz uh, has been my friend for over 40 years. And uh, Greenitz with uh, ETZ on the end of green, Greenitz Construction. If if you want somebody that's really going to do an amazing job on your house, and uh, when they walk out, you're going to think, I love this house. You're going to think, I love this kitchen. I love this bathroom because they do an amazing job. Uh, so you can re reach him uh, at office social media or website, greenitzconstruction.com or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook site. You can you can look at all his jobs. They have a photo. You don't even have to you know go go look at the jobs. You can look at them right there online. Uh, you can ask questions. You can send him an email. Uh, you can text him. His number is five three zero six eight two nine six zero two six eight two nine six zero two. You can text him. If you're really bold, you're like a baby boomer. You you're you actually feel comfortable talking to people. Uh, you can actually call him. He will answer the phone. He he doesn't even use the secretary. You just you'll you, if you get him on the phone, you, you that's him. Uh, if you get his voicemail, my my experience is he calls you right back. So see if it doesn't work for you. Tell him you heard it over here. He might even give you a deadhead discount if you're if you're old. You don't know what that what that means. That's a Grateful Dead term. He used to be a groupie for the Grateful Dead before he got his life, got Jesus on board, got his life changed. So um, 
In fact, I just met a guy who used to work in a carnival. He lives out at Glad Tidings now. And uh, I was standing in line. He's standing in line getting getting his picture taken with Candace Owens the other day. And I said, Larry, tell me about your life. What, what, how'd you end up here? The guy used to, I'd never met a guy who worked in the carnival. He said, I, I used to work in the carnival. And uh, that's what I did. Travel around the United States, worked in the carnival. And he says, I was an alcoholic. And he said, I haven't had a drink now since I moved out here in a year. But he said that he'd been to thousands of Grateful Dead con- uh, concerts. That's amazing. He may have a record. That man, he didn't. He said, I had, I had it going on. It's interesting people's lives. I always like to meet people, find out where did you come from anyway? What's up with you? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, let me mention this. I got a, a nice letter from a lady uh, in this area thanking me for doing the show and sending me a check for $80 to send her some tickets, wanted to buy some tickets for this gun. And she's about my age, and she, she wanted to protect herself. So thank you. You know who you are. Uh, you sent me uh, some money, and I've been getting some uh, some money in the mail for we have a gun raffle for trauma intervention program we're raising money this quarter to fund our next year's activity which we go out on 911 calls for emergency system and so um, we have a gun raffle if you're interested uh, we already sold out on the tickets on a beretta nine millimeter now we have a glock 19 compact nine millimeter it has two 10 round magazines and a magazine loader you can get uh, their $20 per ticket, and with the ticket, even if you don't win the gun, you can take the ticket to Shooter's Paradise in Yuba City, which is an indoor shooting range, and they have all kinds of paraphernalia and gun supplies, ammunition stuff. You can shoot for one hour free over there for the ticket you bought from us. So they sponsor their, their supporters or tip, and they said, hey, we will... Uh, we will purchase your ticket. We will print the tickets for you, and and you advertise for us, and we will give one hour free range time. So, if you want a ticket, uh, you could send a note to me. Uh, tip, just send it to tip P.O. Box six four five, Marysville, California, Marysville, California nine five nine zero one. I'll say that again. Tip P.O. Box six four five. Marysville, California, 95901. Just uh, state, uh, you know, give me your address, your phone number. You don't have to be available to win. We're going to do the drawing on December 10th. It's our tip dinner. Uh, We have a dinner once a year, appreciation dinner for all our workers. And we're going to draw it that night. And we'll call you up and say you got the gun. And then you can go pick it up at the gun store. They're keeping the gun safe for us. And then they'll do all the paperwork for you. So it's a Glock 19 compact 9mm, uh, so $20 per ticket, and so we'll sell. I was uh, with uh, Sheriff uh, Wendell Anderson yesterday. He was helping us, and also Sheriff Brandon Barnes from Sutter County. They were doing uh, video clips for us promoting tip, and uh, Sheriff Anderson said, hey, I want to buy some of those tickets. He bought $100 worth of tickets for us to help us out. He said, I don't really need a gun, but I just want to help you, and I might win. Who knows? So if you want tickets, uh, and also we need to take a break right now, but I'll tell you about the rest of the fundraiser. If you want to support a great nonprofit, that'd be TIP. Uh, I'm involved in it, so I know what I'm talking about. I'll be right back.
name's Karam Singh and I'm a community leader here in the Sacramento region. When I first met Tamika, I knew that she wasn't your average Republican. I think she's very solution-oriented, which is new to the politics where we're seeing both parties talk about rhetoric but rarely talk about solutions. Uh, I think it's important that we send a unifier to D.C., someone that can unite us, especially when the country is ever more divided, and that's why Tamika has my vote. If you are a liberal and can't stand Trump and can't possibly fathom why anyone would want to vote for him, let me fill you in. We can't stand you. You've done everything in your power to try and destroy this country by tearing down our police, our borders, our history, systematically destroying our schools and brainwashing our kids into thinking that socialism is the answer to everything, demonizing religion and faith, and glorifying abortion, violence, and thug culture. From calling us racist to expecting everyone of every color to follow our laws to ridiculing us for having the audacity to wish someone a merry christmas or hang a flag on the fourth of july or stand for our national anthem or oh the horror wear a maga hat out in public so much for your tolerance we are voting for trump not because he's the most charming character on the block but because we vote policy over personality and we are sick and tired of your divisive and destructive and ignorant and intolerant behavior and beliefs parading around as some kind of wokeness we are voting for trump because of you the COVID 19 lockdowns have upended no part of our lives more than k-12 education with virtually no public schools open for business with full-time in-person instruction the result is pandemonium for students, parents, and educators alike who are scrambling to make sense of school systems that are no longer capable of fulfilling their missions. The one constant? Critiques of school choice, especially by wealthy, well-connected liberals and progressives. Private and charter schools can be especially problematic because some states have virtually no oversight for them. As a matter of fact, Samantha B is wrong about charter schools, which are publicly funded and always overseen by either state or local education officials. She's joined in her contempt for charters by Joe Biden, who came out swinging in an interview with the National Education Association, the nation's largest teachers union. A lot of these charter schools are significantly underperforming, significantly. And it's not even clear that school choice leads to a better education. The latest meta-analysis that I've seen on the evidence for charter schools is by uh, Julian Betts and Emily Tang, and they found that overall, looking at the most rigorous evidence, looking at you know, random assignment, gold standard evaluations, and other evaluations that try to make it as apples to apples as possible when looking at these comparisons, they conclude that there's about a 2 to 3% standard deviation increase in uh, academic outcomes. Corey DeAngelis is the director of School Choice for the Reason Foundation and co-editor of the new collection, School Choice Myths, Setting the Record Straight on Education Reform. DeAngelis, who holds a PhD in education from University of Arkansas, says widespread dissatisfaction with online education is massively increasing interest in school choice. The school system has gotten so bad that families are figuring out that there's no good reason to fund institutions when you can fund students directly instead. People are re-envisioning the factory model of schooling itself because a lot of people are getting a taste of homeschooling. Another thing that people are re-envisioning is how we finance education. So many of the schools aren't even opening. The system's still getting your child's education dollars even though they're not reopening. Whereas if you're a family on food stamps and your neighborhood grocery store doesn't reopen, they don't get to keep your food stamps. Families are turning towards 
the idea that the funding should follow the student to wherever they're getting an education. DeAngelis points to a poll showing that 17% of parents who have disenrolled their children from traditional public schools this fall wouldn't go back even if the schools reopened for in-person instruction, and that charter school operators in states such as South Carolina are expecting a 40% increase in the size of their student bodies in the coming year. If the charter schools aren't accountable to to families, why are 3.2 million families choosing charter schools each and every year? Families can take their children elsewhere if if the charter schools aren't doing a good job. DeAngelis points to a recent study of low-income minority students in Boston who attended charters. They found pretty large increases in 10th grade academic proficiencies on their uh, state exam, and then also higher enrollments in college as well. The findings were overall positive for students with special needs that won a lottery to attend a charter, and then also students that were uh, identified as English language learner students. DeAngelis says there's no turning back when it comes to school choice. If your grocery store doesn't reopen, you can take your money elsewhere. If your child's school doesn't reopen, you should similarly be able to take your children's education dollars elsewhere. When you look at all of these other taxpayer-funded initiatives that the funding follows the person, it doesn't go to the institution regardless of how well it meets your needs. I think more people are seeing this issue with how we finance K-12 education. Learning about marriage, learning about my husband... Uh, one thing I learned about my husband is that um, he's not real handy. <laughs> like, he don't really like to fix stuff around the house. It's not that he doesn't like to. It's just that he can't. <laughs> and, like, to me, a guy who could fix stuff, like, that's hot. Any ladies in here agree that's hot? <laughs> right? That's hot. Like, you could be real ugly in the face. But if you could fix my plumbing and rewire some cables, ooh, girl, that's hot. My poor husband. He cannot fix an appliance to save our lives. I'm serious. If our lives depended on my husband fixing the microwave clock for daylight savings, we are gonna die. But it's okay, because you know what? What he lacks in handiness, he makes up for in actual hotness, because he's real party. <laughs> Don't hate. <laughs> he's real good looking. He's like way better looking than me. Like in our relationship, I'm the one with a good personality. Another thing I've learned about my husband is uh, we don't really like the same sassy time music. It's kind of important. Because recently my husband is trying to set the mood, right? Put on some sassy time music. But to me, it sounded like a church song. I said, uh, babe, what is this? He says, a love song. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's a love song to Jesus. (laughs) What are we trying to do? Get our praise on or get our freak on? What's happening? (laughs) Are you trying to multitask me? That's what you're trying to do? (laughs) Listen, you guys. I have some advice, okay? 
Take it or leave it, whatever you want. <laughs> if you are trying to have sassy time while listening to Pandora, upgrade to the commercial free version, please. Because the last thing you want to hear is, hey girl, are you in good hands with Allstate? <laughs> well, I was in good hands. But now I just want to pay some bills. We're in our, uh, let's see, fifth segment out of six today. And uh, I was telling about the uh, gun raffle. So if you want to get in on that, you can do that. Uh, tip, P.O. Box 645, Marysville 95901. And you can buy as many as you want until uh, they're gone. Somebody says, oh, well, now we ought to sell a shotgun. Actually, it's been really good for us selling these gun tickets because it's helped out a lot. We, we get donations from businesses. Uh, let me... Uh, tell you how to do this businesses individuals we're totally supported by the community so we don't take we're not opposed to uh, we don't let me put it this way we don't solicit government money and uh, so we are supported by adventist health that's the hospital system in our area and by county ambulance they've been great sponsors for us and Businesses like Russell and Bulls Painting, Greenest Construction, Elite Universal Security, um, Clean Right, Build Right gave us a big donation here recently. Um, I'll look up some of the folks that are that are been donating. Uh, Bradley Op Optometry, uh, Ellison Chiropractic, uh, just various people in our area that believe in what we're doing we've been doing it a long time 26 years we're not practicing we're not trying it out we're not seeing if it'll work it's working last night we had this as i mentioned at the beginning of the show we had a major fire i think we had three or four tip people out on that fire in the middle of the night and um, so if you want to donate to tip you can go to our website in fact if you ever have a a need something bad happens in your family or for a friend we have resources on that website that are free you can download them or read them online yubasuttertip.org yubasuttertip.org it's a great website easy to easy to work through just go to the front page yubasuttertip.org page pops up click on resources and just scan down to you know if you have a loss from a suicide or a child death or whatever how to talk to children about death any of those kind of type of things It'll help you. So if you want to donate to us, it's really easy. You can just click donate on that website, or you could go to gofundme.com backslash tip 2021. It's 2021 because that's the year we're funding right now. Gofundme.com backslash tip 2021. Any of these mechanisms like GoFundMe, they take a little a small percentage out for handling, you know, taking the money, sending it to us. But you could, if you send, if you just go to use your credit card, uh, they'll they'll you 
We'll get all the money on that. Or check, we get every cent on a check. But a lot of people are going paperless. So if you want to send a check, tip, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California. So the interesting thing about TIP, trauma intervention, is we work with emergency response. We work with every agency, like 30 different agencies in Yuba Sutter counties. All the money that you give us goes to the helping people and to run the organization. So we don't have, we don't, we're not renting a building, buying a building, paying insurance on a building. Uh, we don't have, uh, you know, it all goes to the clients and training people to help clients and the materials to help clients. Nothing we do, we charge for. Everything's free. So if you've ever been through a really funky situation in life and wish, boy, I wish somebody could have handheld me through that, that's what we do. We make sure people get the best care possible. I always tell people, if you're going to have the worst day of your life, Yuba Sutter County is the place to have it because we give better care to people. So I'm going to move on here now. Uh, and uh, I want to mention uh, uh, lose picks. So I created this years ago, not as a voter plank to tell people how they should vote. Uh, I wasn't advocating you should vote like I do, but people started to call me because they knew that I researched these issues. I looked at all the propositions. I looked at all the candidates or most of them, uh, the big, you know, the central candidates, not all the smaller boards and commissions. And they would call say, oh, I don't know what, I didn't have time to look at this. I didn't have time to read it. And now I got my voter, voter ballot. What are you doing on this? So instead of spending time on the phone, I would simply create a list for myself and I would just send it to them. Uh, once we got to email, I would send it to them email. So I wanted to comment about a few of the, uh, if you want lose picks, if you're from Yuba Sutter counties, it's applicable to Yuba Sutter counties. If you're from another county in the state of California, you want to look at what I did on the propositions that would apply and the, and the national races, but obviously the local supervisor races and even our, uh, Congress and state assembly may may change if you're like recently somebody from Shasta County said hey Lou she used to live here can you send me a couple of them Redding they're up in Redding and up in that area they said hey can you send me the pics so not all of it is relatable if you're interested you can just send me uh, an email at Lou at no hostages radio dot com and I will send it to you no problem just attach it and send it back the same day you request it. So I just wanted to mention some of the really, to me, every proposition is really critical. Uh, but Prop 15.15 is uh, an attempt by the state to undermine Prop 13 that, that was passed in the 1970s by the voters to minimize the increases in property tax, your real estate, you know, your house and your business. And that is going to undermine uh, those tax savings for all businesses. And you think, well, I don't really have a business. Doesn't really, we need more money. We're going broke uh, in the state. We need more taxes. So I'm going to tax somebody else's business. Let me just help you here. Any, whenever you think, oh, I don't have a business, I just work for somebody else, and uh, so I don't really have to pay that tax. So, yeah, I'm going to tax the, that business. You know, it's one thing when they say we're going to tax incomes over $5 million. You think, oh, well, let's tax that guy. It's not me, right? 
That's a bad attitude to have. When you tax business, that tax, eventually you pay it. You pay it through the product or service that those people offer. So it catches up. It's going to come right back on you. Because a business, a building, never writes a check. It's always a person that writes a check. And that gets passed on to you. So what they're doing is they're going to undermine the property tax on businesses. And then they're going to turn around next time if they if it passes and undermine the property tax rates on residences. And then in the 1970s, the reason Prop 13 was passed was because people who had spent their entire life in their home raised their kids and now were retiring. The tax rates were going up because with inflation, the property the property values were going up so Assessors would go out at that time. They could reassess property anytime they wanted. And when they reassessed it, they would raise your property tax. And so people that were retirement age were finding themselves unable to pay their property taxes and had to sell their home. So finally, there was a tax revolt, they called it, and uh, property Prop 13 was passed. So Prop 15 is a rejection of that, uh, a rejection of the change. Prop 19 is also a property tax increase. And I noticed that even, I think, James Gallagher, who's supposedly a conservative uh, assemblyman, is actually, I it looked to me like he was supporting this property tax increase. I am not. Pro- property ta- uh, Prop 13 is undermining the ability of an of a retiree or or older person from giving their property to their family and keeping the same tax basis. In other words, what Prop 19 will do is if they give the property to a family member like their son or daughter or grandson or grand granddaughter, uh, that then would have to be reassessed at today's market value. And they would lose the Prop 13 benefits that are on that property. So it then will cause the grandkids or the kids of the person giving the property to pay way high property taxes. And if they can't afford that, then uh, they will have to sell the property, right? Bad deal. So I have vote no on both 15 and 19. They both have to do with... uh, with changing uh, your ability to keep your property. So the if you're interested, the only propositions from Prop 13, which is a school facilities bond, on up to, uh, in fact, I don't even know that that made it onto the ballot. So it, the only propositions that I voted yes on of all the propositions that are statewide are 20 and 22 20 is, you know how prop, I think it's prop 47 and 57 voters both times weakened the penalties for various crimes like theft. So now it pays to actually steal. So if people don't have any inward discipline or inward virtue to not take other people's property. Now, if you don't take property, um, if you keep your theft under $950, you don't even go to go to jail. It's not a felony. It's a misdemeanor. 
the prop 20 is strengthening the penalties for crime in the state of California. They're, they're realizing that they made a big mistake and it undermined the work of our law enforcement. And many of the people that are making those kind of thefts, they're pilfering are tweakers. They're druggies. And it's good to arrest them, not to keep them in prison, but to arrest them and get them into rehabs. Uh, many people that I know have been arrested and then they, that's how they find their way. They give them an option. You can stay in jail and do six months or a year or whatever, or you could go to a rehab. If you successfully complete that, da da da, we'll sort out all this stuff, drug court, drug rehabs. So stronger penalties for crime helps people get into rehab. People say, how do we get all these people out of homeless people? They're all drug addicted. They're getting money from the state of California and they're laying around getting high. Uh, get them into rehabs, arrest them. They're committing crimes left and right. You arrest them, give them an option for a rehab, get them into rehab, get them sobered up. That's a humane way to do it. Letting them live in the river bottoms and kill themselves is not humane. That's a Democrat way to be humane is let people give money, give, give money, give drugs, give needles and let them lay around the river bottoms and drop dead. That's that's compassion from the Democrat side. The Republican side, conservative side is if you violate the law, we're going to arrest you. If you're using and that's the reason you're violating the law a lot, we'll offer you a rehab and see if we can reeducate you in a rehab. Right. Instead of putting you in prison. So 20 is yes, strong penalties for crime. And 22, uh, did, you, did you remember the SB, I think it's SB5, which was the gig law? They called it a gig. You ever done a job, said, oh, yeah, uh, you know, what do you got going? How do you make a little? Oh, I work over here, but then I got this gig on the side, right? You do this moonlighting or got this gig on the side. Well, one of the gigs on the side was there's lots of gigs on the side. Like some people, you know, they work for cash. You know, they're not an employee, but they'll do a, like they'll drive. They'll deliver a car somewhere for a dealership or whatever. They'll just pay them a check. They're not on the payroll. They'll say, oh, can you deliver this car to Reno for me and bring this car back, right? Just do a task. So Uber and Lyft, all these uh, different, you know, the, the, the innovative cab system now where you could drive your own car and you could just, uh, with technology, you can, you, can, uh, you know, it, they just took the whole cab concept or driving people around to another level well now the state of california has said you can't uh you can't do that unless you're on the payroll it screwed up the whole uh entrepreneur laws independent contractor laws and so now uber and lyft have put this on the ballot so i'm i'm in favor of it that app drivers app-based drivers are independent it's also screwed up the trucking industry it also i was talking to a guy that uh I don't know if you ever thought of this of body removal. Uh, a guy does body removals, and and so a lot of the funeral homes used to hire people just on a, a pay them fifty bucks or seventy five bucks to go out and pick up a body for them when they couldn't do it. Now they got to put them on the payroll. It screwed up everything. It's just because government socialist control is what it's all about. So the two props that I voted yes on, all the rest I voted no, uh, were twenty two and twenty. Yes, if you're interested. If you want to copy this, I'll send it to you. Not a problem. Just give me your email. Email me. I guess I'll have your email if you email me. Uh, if you text, if you text me, give me your email, and I will send it right over, right away. So 
uh, you may have already voted by now. So that's that. That's loose picks. Okay, let me get back here. We just got uh, five minutes here, and then we got a, one more segment. We're done. Things have gone pretty quick here today. I can't even believe it. It's really quiet out because I'm in the middle of the night doing this. Uh, let's see. Okay, I'll get down here. to. Oh, I wanted to talk about uh, there's constant misinformation as I was mentioning earlier about Kamala Harris claiming she's African-American, the first African-American vice president. Actually, the first African-American vice president candidate was a woman by the name of Charlotta Bass. Uh, that was in 1952. She wrote, she ran for vice president on a third party ticket. It was called the Progressive Party. And Charlotta Bass is a hero. She was a, uh, one of the, you know, just like, you have people that are just ahead of their time. And so Charlotta uh, was an educator, a newspaper publisher, editor, and a civil rights activist. She was uh, prob- it says, uh, probably the first African-American woman to own and operate her own newspaper in the United States. And, and the nice thing is California is where it happened. She published what they called First of all, it was called the California Owl, and then it, they changed their name to the California Eagle. She ran this newspaper from 1912 to 1951. In 1952, um, as I mentioned, she ran for office. She ran for a number of offices, but eventually ran for uh, vice president under a third party. So uh, she was born, born in Sumter, South Carolina in 1879 or 1880. She was a sixth of 11 children. At the turn of the century, Bass moved to Rhode Island. In 1910, she migrated to L.A. to improve her health. You know, it's interesting. Back then, people moved around and moved to Arizona, California, to improve their health. And I don't know what their health was like or what they fixed when they moved over here. But anyway, um, she ended up working for this California Owl newspaper, 1879, it was started by John James Nemore, and she worked there as a newspaper delivery person. Then she began writing, editing, doing anything, and she, when Nemore died, he wanted her to take over the paper. She did. She changed the name, married a guy that worked at the paper, and picked up the name Bass. She had a different name before that, and uh, her husband was John Bass, and so the California Eagle was a respected paper in California and had a tradition of fighting for racial equality against discrimination. And uh, during the 1990s, California had attracted many African-Americans. You know why they came here? Uh, they came here looking for a better life, right? They didn't come here to get on welfare. They were in search of a better economic life. And the black community in Los Angeles was growing rapidly during the early 1900s. And African American, I want you to think of this. In the early 1900s, before welfare took off, that was in the 1960s where welfare became a big deal, the black community in L.A. was growing rapidly, and African Americans experienced high home ownership. Now, I want you to think about this. In the early 1900s, African Americans had... a, a high a lot of them owned homes in southern california do you think you could buy a home in southern california right now well back then poor black people moved here for a better life there was a better life here there were a lot of jobs and they bought homes uh, and the, these booming uh, southern california cities back then 
Um, so, but they still, there was still just some discrimination, but, but the fact they had a successful life, this was before welfare. If you read the book, the tragedy of American compassion by Marvin Olasky, you will read and realize that, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, LBJ, the 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 uh, vice president of the United States who took over for uh, John Kennedy after he was killed. He started uh, the war against poverty and they began giving away money and it destroyed the black family. And uh, whereas a back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, a higher percentage of black families had fathers in the home than white families. I want you to think about that because I, in the 1950s when I was raised, 60s, I hardly knew anybody that was divorced. And yet the black family uh, before that had a higher percentage of dads in the home than whites. And now it's it's hard to find a black father. So uh, we're going to uh, take a break here, and we're going to finish up our last segment and uh, finish up talking about Charlotta Bass, who was the first uh, lady, black Af- African lady to run for African American to run for vice president, not Kamala Harris. You need to get him to a computer programmer. No one told I should be terrified of trees, but I'm not terrified of trees. I actually like being around them. Is there something wrong with me? You should be very scared of trees. A friend of mine's parents friend's brother had a tree fall on him just last week out of nowhere. But wasn't he cutting the tree down when it fell on him? He was high risk. Yeah, I still think being terrified is the right thing to do. Oh, no, 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 I sprained my ankle the last time we played. I'm not planning to get in until the ankle vaccine's ready. Oh my God, someone has a peanut allergy. Close down the economy. For how long? At least a year. There was a shark attack off the coast of Florida last night, so we are putting a stay-at-home lockdown order in place for your protection. Sir, climate change is getting worse. We need to do something. I got it. We should shut down all businesses. Brilliant, sir. I'll get right on that. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. We should probably wear these to erase our identities and protect ourselves from human connection. I'll gladly comply with that. (laughs) I just don't know what I'm going to do. Let's turn on the TV and see what this untrustworthy person thinks you should do. Dude, Magic Johnson got AIDS from having sex. It's not safe for anyone to have sex anymore. We need sexual distancing. What's your favorite food? Um, what's the mainstream narrative tell me it's supposed to be? I think you want it to be pizza. Oh, then pizza. Like, definitely my favorite food. Uh, hey, hey, uh, excuse me? Are you wearing a condom? No. Well, put one on! You're putting us all at risk! Yeah, yeah, roll it all the way down, cover the whole thing. Mm, okay, mm, thank you. 
He's really sick. Someone call and get him an appointment at the Apple store. With a mass dehydration problem, science tells us water will cure dehydration. What do you think we should do? Let's advise people not to drink water. Makes perfect sense. Is that designed to be a pregnancy test? No. From a medical perspective, it technically can't detect pregnancy. Hmm. Sounds reliable. It is. Oh my God, it says I'm pregnant. What am I gonna do? I think you need to be on a ventilator. Okay, our next question comes from, oh, this is interesting. She voted for Clinton in 2016, but recently changed her registration from Democrat to independent. She says she's truly undecided. Her name's Becky Lightman. Hello, Becky, what's your question? How are you? Hi, I'm great, how are you? Nice to see you, thank Good you. Good to see you. So, corporate tax rates are a hot button issue, and you have cut corporate tax rates, and your opponent, Joe Biden, is planning to raise them. Right. A lot of Americans think that corporations don't pay their share of taxes and want to see those tax rates increase. Right. What do you say to those Americans to maybe tell them why you want the corporate tax rate lower and why that helps them? It's a great question. We've created more jobs than this country has ever created. We were up to 160 million jobs. We were never even close to that number. We were just hitting 160 million jobs. Companies are pouring into our nation because of the tax rate. And if Biden comes in and raises taxes on everybody, including middle income taxes, which he wants to do, you will blow this thing and you'll end up with a depression, the likes of which you've never had. That's what's going to happen. We have something that's really good. The reason we're coming back so strong is because we built a very strong foundation. Companies are moving in. Car companies are moving into Michigan and to Ohio and to South Carolina and North Carolina just today. So what's happening is they're coming in because we reduce the taxes. Our taxes, our corporate taxes were the highest in the world. And now they're among the lower taxes. They're not the lowest, but they're among the lowest. And what that means is jobs. But also, we're doing a very big, and we've done, a very big middle-income tax package. So if we get in, we're going to do the middle-income tax package. But it's a great question. And if he comes along and raises rates, all those companies that are coming in, they will leave the U.S. so fast your head will spin. We can't let that happen. Hey, Maid de Blasio, I saw you today on New York One. I did. I saw you asking the NYPD for a plan, a fucking plan to help you get out of this mess with the Jewish communities because you shut them down. What are they doing that you need a plan? Are they throwing bricks at cops? Are they burning businesses down? No, they're quietly protesting their own confined environment because you shut them down. But you know what? When Antifa was running around New York City and they were burning down businesses and they were taking away from the taxpaying people that own businesses here, you did nothing. Your main concern was painting a thing on the street. You didn't care, but now you give a shit. You took away 57% of their overtime in September and now you want their help? What are you, out of your mind? You need a mental evaluation, you freaking jerk-off clown. You better sing the song. Won't be very long. Say it, say it. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna look for me. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to a place. Come on now. Where there'll be no 
Yeah, yeah. More trouble there. And I'll just walk around heaven all day. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> yeah, come on. When I get to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sing and shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be nobody there nobody. to put me out. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. My mother, she'll be waiting. <laughs> and my father, too. And we'll just walk around heaven. <laughs> Stay right there for me, y'all. Walk around heaven. No more trouble over there. Walk around heaven. I'm going up a yonder. Yeah. Walk around heaven. No more worrying, y'all. Yeah. Walk around heaven, no more trouble, y'all. <laughs> Walk around heaven, I'm going to a yeah, better yeah. place. Walk around heaven, will I see no more Walk around heaven, I'm going to see my mama, y'all. No sickness. Walk around heaven. All right, well, hey, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Ted Holmes. They just got back from Mexico, Tijuana, the Otay Mesa side of Tijuana, remodeling a building we've worked on many times since 1987. Uh, it's the an orphanage foundation for his ministries. It's called in, in Mexico. Um, they, they're Americans that launched it down there, and it's been there for 1960s. They've worked in Mexico. But uh, they got us to help them. Uh, they, they're in, down farther in Mexico, but they have a, a building in uh, Tijuana. And we went down and doubled the size of this building at one time in 1987 uh, to handle teenage orphans. They go to school there in uh, TJ. And so Ted Holmes led a group down there recently to rework the whole thing. And it's now going to be a... Uh, Home just for females, female uh, young women. And many of the young women have been abused and uh, helped them get back on their feet and get uh, educated and, and independent and, and uh, recover from whatever's happened to them. So Ted, when he's living up here, he has a home here and a couple contracting businesses, a couple businesses, lift-off floor removal, Ted Holmes Construction. But the what I usually talk about here is the plumbing doctor who I use to fix things when they don't work here at my place. I have an office here in my home, in an old home. And so even if you have a new home, stuff just breaks, does it not? Like your faucet starts leaking or breaks or all of a sudden water's running out under the sink or it's your hot water heater doesn't function properly. They're just water. It's cool to have indoor plumbing. But when indoor plumbing malfunctions, it's a problem. 
particularly when the water's running the opposite way than you intended. So uh, if you need help, and uh, some usually it's a, I mean, most things you can do yourself, right? If you if you went and learned how to do it. And on YouTube, like I've been learning on my car, I've been studying YouTube, and I've, I've been replacing things on my car on my own because I watch the guy on YouTube show me how to do it, then I go out there in the garage and do it. It's like having your own teacher, your mentor. So I hear people doing that with their own plumbing and stuff. Good good on you. It's, it's causing all of us to be more... Uh, utilitarian but if you need some help and uh, you want want it quick uh you could call the plumbing doctor and they will help you and they'll give you they'll just coach you what it costs they won't like say oh we're going to come and we'll see how long it takes they'll just give you a, a, a figure on what they think it'll take and that's what they'll charge you so they'll do all kinds of they usually don't do new plumbing they just you know like a build a new house they do redos like fixing what what or putting new water lines or cleaning out lines or they do all kinds of stuff anyway uh they will help you ted holmes is a good man i've known him he and dave greenitz i've known those guys for 40 50 years and we've been we've been all over the place together and uh so you can reach ted at um 530-671-9111 and uh, 530-671-9111, they will fix what you need fixing. All right, let's see. You know, I was watching Chris Ann Hall yesterday, and she was talking about the scam panic. The scam panic or pandemic, Scam pandemic, scam pandemic or scamdemic, plandemic. It's a scam. You know, and here's the t- difficult thing. This is how stupid people are. They say, well, are you saying that COVID isn't real? It's like, join the real world. There's bugs out there. If you could see them, if you talk to anybody that studied medicine, they will say when you breathe in, you're breathing in bacteria, critters, call them critters, and you breathe out, you're breathing them in, out, in, out, in, out. And like somebody the other day, they said, "How can you, you don't have a mask. I said, I have one. I said it's built on the inside. It's all inside. I don't need it on the outside. It's inside, right? It's built in. It's called an immune system. So it's just like my immune system is better than a mask that they're lying about. My immune system, if you stay healthy, if you eat well, if you exercise, <clears throat> don't do drugs, don't smoke, don't do all these things, don't drink alcohol, your immune system is good, right? Oh, my God. Well, you're going to die someday. Yeah, everybody's going to die someday, right? There's a risk in getting up in the morning. But we all make plans as humans. At least this is the way it used to be in America. You know how you made plans? I'm going to go on a cruise. I'm going to go camping. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Anytime you say I'm going to, that means future. And so there's no guarantee. The Bible says there's no guarantee on that. You should say if the Lord wills. But I, I, I kind of just say, God, when I say I'm going to, Just put in there on your own, the Lord wills, because I know that you're in control. But in the meantime, I'm planning, right? Like, I'm planning on having lunch today with a friend of mine. But if God wants to take me home, I'll I'll change my plans. If he wants to take me home, I'll change my plans. It's not a problem. I have priorities. So anyway, 
this whole COVID thing has been co-opted. In other words, people that are nefarious people, they're evil people, and people like Bill Gates and George Soros and Tony Fauci and and Deborah Burks, these people have ulterior motives. They do not have your health, Dr. Liu, locally. They do not have your health in mind. This is all a scamdemic to to bring you under control. And they did it, folks. They did it. Most of you are totally controlled, and it's a total fraud. If they told you to run around in your pajamas and it was going to keep you from COVID, 90% of you would have put on your pajamas and run around town in your pajamas. If they told you, I'm sorry, it's really going to be inconvenient for you, but just going to do this for one week. We're going to transport you by train and Amtrak to Fresno, and we're going to have you stay down there, and then we'll bring you back in a week. That's exactly what they told the Jews. You would have done it because you're so stupid and you believe the government. You need to think for yourself. The people in government are not there to help you. You can go back all the way and listen to Ronald Reagan and you'll learn the same thing. The government is not here to help. The government has gotten way too big. They're encroaching. They're taking away our personal liberties. Now, Chris Ann Hall was saying that a lot of people yesterday, she was saying on YouTube, a lot of people have made a lot of money off COVID. The big box stores, uh, Amazon in one month hired 70,000 new employees in one month because of COVID. The big box stores, we just saw the new California people, Chris Street, who is a used to be the uh, treasurer of Orange County. He's a financial guru. He showed a graph at our church after Candace Owens spoke, how showed what the big box retailers, what their sales were like, and showed what the small businesses, the mom and pops that, that keep most people employed, how they most of them got shut down, right? So it was interesting. There's a, a child development center. You know how you, you, you take your, a lot of you have kids, you take your kids to a child development center or preschool, we call them, or something like that, daycare, preschool. This, this child development center in Washington, D.C., in Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C., Little Schools Child Development Center. Sounds like a good name for a preschool. They got $700,000 from COVID funding. $700,000. So all you preschool people out there, if you didn't get anything, you just didn't have the right people working for you. Here's one. Tiny Findings Childhood Program. Tiny Findings Childhood Program. They have 110 children that come to their program. They'll take kids three months to pre-K. It's located in the same building and serves the Government Accountability Office. They got $20 million. (laughs) Is this unbelievable? I drive around here right around the corner from me. Usually about mid-morning, I'll start smelling Chinese food one of the better Chinese restaurants in our area, maybe the best dragon Inn, is right around the corner. I just call them and they already, they just, when they hear my voice, they just say, okay, 10 minutes. They don't even, I don't need to order. They know I just get the same thing. They have great food. 
But it's killed me to watch them have to shut down because of Dr. Lou shut them down. Shut, she shut all the restaurants down. And it's totally fraudulent. It has all these rules about COVID, about COVID's going to kill you, masks, social distancing, you're going to get it in a restaurant. Crap. It's all crap. She should be, she should lose her medical license, Dr. Lou. Every one of these health officials should be barred from practicing medicine anywhere in the United States. She ought to have to go to some third world country to practice. She ought to go back to Vietnam where she came from. The sad thing is she's acting more communist than the communist country her parents brought her from. She's a disgrace to the Vietnamese uh, culture. This whole thing is a total scam to control you. You know, I have, I have people, politicians, supervisors in our area that joke. Not one of them lost a nickel on this thing. They are getting paid sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year, depending on what county they're serving. Many of them have a, have a full-time job. Some of them, when you add their, their, their job and their supervisor's pay or their previous retirement, like Doug Lofton, I called him the other day to talk to him about something. Never remember to call me back. You know why? Because he's a lame duck supervisor and the real Doug Lofton. Now you see now, you know, people, you know how people are fakes. People are frauds. So they act when they want something from you. They, they all kiss up to you, kiss your ass, right? Put DNA on your rear end, their DNA. And, uh, but you really find out who people are when they, they really have no use for you anymore. Then the real, do you think he called me back? I was trying to get information about this COVID stuff. Never been called. He's chairman of the board, right? So these, I've had supervisors say, Lou, this will all be over after November 4th. Do you know how, how disheartening and disingenuous? They know it's a lie, but they go along with it. People smile at me. You got to wear a mask, Lou. They know it's a lie. They know it's a cop. They know it's a total fraud. But they go along with it. Why? Because everybody above them said, if you don't do this, I'll fire you. If you don't, it's all, it's all uh, intimidation. Government by intimidation. That's what it is. That's what it is in communist countries. Government by intimidation. You turn in your neighbor. Oh, they, they wash their sidewalk off. You're not supposed to wash your sidewalk and waste water. They, they, they're water Nazis, Right. Or they're mask Nazis. They don't wear masks. He, they, I don't know who reported my friend on the Southwest Air with Chris Ann Hall. He, he didn't have the mask up over his nose. Dave Bryan, my friend, got kicked off of Southwest. He didn't have the. He, he's being disobedient. They, they said we don't like your attitude. You're not, you're not wearing the mask. They said he said I had a mask on. I had a mask around my neck. Then I put it up over my nose. He said, well, you didn't have a, you didn't have a good enough attitude. Right. Mask Nazis. In in communist countries, they criticize what you say and what you post on on uh, social media. Pretty soon they are thought Nazis and they like, uh, oh, this gal, what's her name? I wrote her name down somewhere. Hirona, Hironi. Where did I put that name? Doggone it. The senator from Hawaii that criticized the Supreme Court justice. 
Her name is Haroni. Is it Senator Haroni? She is a, uh, huh, I don't know where I put it. She's a senator, female senator from Hawaii, and so she tongue-lashed the Amy Coney Barrett because in some kind of ruling um, on one other court she was on, she used the term sexual preference, and so now that's a hate. Did you know that's a hate speech, sexual preference? Because what that indicates is that you're criticizing that person for using the term sexual preference because they're saying that you have no sexual preference, even though you may have a penis and look like a guy and have genes that your DNA says you're a guy, your chromosomes, uh, actually inside you, you feel like you're a woman trapped inside a man's body. So that means, but they can't say God created that way because they're atheists. So that means they, you're just a, somehow the system of evolution got mixed up and they dealt you a man's plumbing with a woman's desires. So if you say sexual preference, that means the guy knew he was a guy, but he chose to be a girl, right? So now that's a hate speech. So I'm going to say it as often as I can. Same way I'm going to say uh, I'm speaking. Senator, Vice President, I'm, spe- I'm speaking. I'm speaking, right? In this country... As far when I was uh, at Marysville High School, we had a lesbian principal, Lesta Joubert, and she lived with a lesbian English teacher, Camille Friel. I think that was her name, Friel. She was a good English teacher. She was well respected, and Lesta Joubert was a respected administrator. They didn't flout their homosexuality, and I, and my parents always taught me to respect people, particularly older people, right? Sir, ma'am, right? It had nothing to do with whether they uh, wanted to be a woman. Uh, They may be wired like a woman and be a woman from birth, but if they acted manly, whatever. It, It just wasn't a big deal. Now... Uh, now, it is a big deal, and not only uh, – in my feeling has always been, hey, if it's a free world, it's a free country. Like if you want to shoot heroin, shoot hoops, become LeBron James, or shoot yourself in the head with a thirty-eight, uh, you can do that. It's, it's your choice where you end up in life. Pretty much is up to you. And uh, so what you want to do in the bedroom is kind of up to you particularly if you don't believe in God, right? You don't think there's a God. I I happen to follow God. I didn't used to because I didn't know anything about it, but I got introduced to it, and I I was missing. I realized I missed the most important thing in my first 21 years. So so this whole thing of now uh, you can't use the term sexual preference uh, is nonsense. So the way to fight against... uh, mandated thought mandated thinking and mandated speech is just to be free you need to decide to be free if you don't want to wear a mask 
you don't wear a mask, right? Now, I know that if you're working in a job, and I, some of my people I've been meeting recently have refused to fly if they have to wear a mask, and they've been driving. For some people, that's impractical, and they can't do that. So uh, so they have to just deal with, with, you know, you have to just hang and just take the mask off once you get on the plane and have a deal of water sitting there. I'm not trying to be obstinate. Masks are unhealthy for you. In fact, I just I haven't read it yet, but one of the gals at our church just put out a three-page, a three-fold flyer on COVID-19, our position on COVID-19. Uh, masks are healthy. Bringing, breathing, having bacteria on that mask. If particularly, I have people. I know those masks have been used two, three days in a row. The bacteria on the mask sucking that into your lung is worse than not having a mask at all. So this this Haroni, I can't believe I didn't. Oh, there it is, Maisie. It's Hirono, Maisie Hirono. So there's two ladies that represent Hawaii. One you always see, she ran for president, Tulsi Gabbard. She actually is half Samoan. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, she was a military in the military. She's a a congressman from Hawaii, Democrat. Maisie Hirono is the, she's just, you know, if you just, some people, actually fingernails on a chalkboard don't bother me. But for some people, you know, some things that just like, they're just like, ooh, it just sets you off. Maisie Hirono sets me off. She is so, she's just bitchy. She is bitchy. And she is the one that went after, she's the one that asked the, the uh, Amy Barrett, the Supreme Court nominee, if she ever sexually assaulted someone, it's just like, come on, man, where are we going to go with all this, right? Pretty soon we're going to say, you ever had anal sex? <laughs> it, it's just like, have you ever, we got to go through and describe all the sexual positions you've ever been in your life. She asked her if she'd ever assaulted anybody or molested somebody or something. Crazy. And then she, she said she was offended by the term she used in this court reference in some kind of decision of sexual preference. I thought, you know something? It's just, what's going on? Listen, people, I'm at the end of the show here. The party's over, so i got to land the plane. But just live free. Decide today. It's the uh, 16th. Today I'm doing this. Uh, actually, you're not going to hear it till the 17th. So let me just say, on the 17th of October and thereafter, Decide to live free. Don't let people control your speech, your thought, your where you want to go. Be as free as you can. Push the envelope. And almost everywhere in town I'm getting by without wearing a mask or following all these crazy rules. But I am trying to be respectful employees that are just trying to get by and they're just trying to follow the rules, which is why communism works so well when you try to you know what's going to happen? Somebody just needs to be shot. We need to shoot a few people to put the fear of God into the rest of the world, right? Over people trying to get in areas where they got no right to be in. They're trouncing. It, it, it's like, oh, Lou, you're trying to be violent. Listen, our forefathers said it. They said there's a time when 
the shedding of blood needs the water, the tree of liberty. Was it Samuel Adams that said it? I can't even remember now. It's just like, hey, it's inevitable. When people start trouncing your rights, that's why we have the Second Amendment. It had nothing to do with hunting. had nothing to do with protecting yourself against a tweaker breaking in the middle of the night. It had everything to do with shooting a government official that's getting his nose in somebody in the wrong place. He's, he's, he's getting over into your lane, and he ain't, he ain't supposed to be there. All right, we're going to call it a day, and I'm shocked that we got this in. As I mentioned earlier, we've been having a, a, a homeless camp fire here, and it shut down all the power, but thank God it came back on just in time, I hope, to, for Tanner to do this. So uh, have a good week. And uh, if you run into somebody this week that uh, you don't know, treat them kindly because the Bible says it could be an angel and you just didn't know it. Okay. God bless you. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You.